Welcome to the Sequoia Cast, a podcast not about trees, but about team design, Disney theme parks, and everything in between. My name is Lars. My name is Neil. And today we are talking about the Ten Commandments. The of Bible Martin's episode. <laughs> not, no, no, not the actual Moses ones. The uh, Marty Sklar ones. Yes, famous Imagineer Marty Sklar. Uh, he has a book uh, with his Ten Commandments of good team design, good uh, imagineering. Uh, and we're going to give our opinion uh, on those commandments uh, in Disneyland Paris. Um, maybe we should note that we do not, um, like not, our, not all our choices are the best ones out there. Some no. are just <laughs> for a fun story or... Uh, or because it's a little bit outside of the box, the choice. Uh, exactly. Because some of the best uh, examples of these commandments yes. are too obvious. Maybe to illustrate. For every commandment, Marty in his book chose a mouseker and the goof. The mouseker being the good one, a good example of that commandment. The goof being a uh, bad example of that commandment. We are going to do the same thing. We went through the mm -hmm. list and we each selected our own mouse car and goof for that commandment. Yes. As a little of a, a thought experiment, thought exercise to see what works and what doesn't work. But we did limit our choices to Disneyland Paris. Yeah, the whole resort, but mainly the parks. Yes, indeed. All right. That's about it. How was... Uh, how was your last month, Neil? My last month, it was it was a month. It was lockdown, so uh, every month is exactly the same month. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> or not? So also no, also it's possible. people are dying in the world still. We are still coming to you through the power of the internet. <laughs> so yeah, still uh, we started together. the podcast like um, what seven months ago. Or something, something and like uh, we we did one episode together and now we're still far away from each other yeah we have to stare <laughs> at this, this blank soulless eyes through a blank soulless screen uh -huh. which is even worse very true okay yeah. let's anyway, start kick off right. the the commandments the commandments so commandment number one thou shalt known Thine audience, which Mitch, in which Marty tries to tell us, know for what people you are building your right or your themed whatever. Your themed whatever. Yeah, themed whatever. You That's how know. we call Disney parks. Yes. Themed whatever. Themed whatever. Okay, all right. What's your uh, your mouse? My car? mouse car. Well, yes. so Disneyland Paris is a very difficult park to do some things in. Because the audience you're going for isn't homogenous. Mm -hmm. In America, most people, if not are American. all people, are American or speak English. Yes. Um, most of the people in Disneyland Paris do not speak English. 51% is from France itself. And then there's still mm -hmm. some other countries that visit that are French-speaking countries. Mm -hmm. So you have to design for an audience that is both French and, and not French else. because we we're Flemish we kind of speak French because it's our second language 
we, we had it in school, but we don't really speak French. It's uh, French mm -hmm. with a lot of hair on it. So the mouse car I chose is Ratatouille because I uh -huh. think that how the English and French is incorporated into the attraction is the least obnoxious one. And I say mm -hmm. least obnoxious because there's still French in the attraction. <laughs> I would love for my attractions to not be French, but English because Disney's English and fuck the French. Not quite. I love you, France. Please still let me visit your country for Disneyland. But how you don't miss any information. I still know what they're saying in, in French. Yeah, because mostly they're repeating back yes, to each other. Yes, but not, not quite the same. It's still when mm -hmm. you speak both languages or it's have not a exactly. semblance of one yeah. language, <laughs> it doesn't feel obnoxious either. Mm -hmm. So that was my know your audience mouse car. All right. Uh, so they know we are not French. That's <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, they know. Of course, they know. Yeah, they, they know we're not French, and they know mm -hmm. people are French. But you still have to implement your your audience mm -hmm. knowing. Mm -hmm. And this is a very good implementation of knowing and audiences. All right. Uh, my. Um first masker is also a very french one is uh is the wine cellars in disneyland paris the wine cellars in disneyland yes paris. You, uh preamble right. or not preamble because we already begun Lars's uh -huh. choices will always be more intelligent than mine uh, that's debatable <laughs> no 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 that's not debatable <laughs> Before the episode is over, you, there will be a few nominations that you will just pull the rug out from under <laughs> me because I forgot some s small thing that just makes my whole theory tumble down to the ground. And that's, that's why I live, I, I, I live with. Yeah. All right. But that's so our why? dynamic, right? The one who <laughs> knows things and the idiot. So I know it's in character. <laughs> uh, no, so the, the, the park, Disneyland Paris, opened um, without booze on the menu. Uh, just like any Magic Kingdom yeah. park in the world, it didn't have booze, didn't have alcohol on the menu. But they anticipated that the Europeans would demand uh, to have alcohol with their dinner. Uh, so all the plumbing for the taps was in place. All the restaurants had their wine cellars ready, but they just wanted to check how far they could go without it. So in the architecture, in the buildings, in the program of the of all the restaurants, they uh, they built everything needed, and they were just like, well, let's see, let's see how far we get without alcohol. Of course, the Europeans uh, didn't agree on that. Uh, they wanted their uh, their wine with their uh, menu, so uh, they just turned on the taps put wine in the wine cellars and we're like oh uh, yes uh, we learned of our uh, we learned our lesson uh, we we are now inclusive to all Europeans and uh, they just went on with with having the wine but I like how how they they were like uh, uh, it won't be possible to have a park in uh, in Europe without alcohol so they put everything in place and then oh, let's see <laughs> let's see where this goes it's it's still a bit weird that they decided to just push our buttons a little bit, like <laughs> see how far they could yeah, go. Yeah, but it it would have been the very first Magic Kingdom with alcohol. So I think Epcot already had it, and I yeah, that's that was the only one. Um, 
so so i see why why they did it um yeah that's a very dangerous proposition going <laughs> to france and not offering them wine <laughs> that's ooh, risky living they survived well sort of kind of sort of and All they right, were already I'm, I'm angry the french yeah so just going to push them a little bit farther <laughs> Oh, none of our parks have baguettes, so this park <laughs> won't have them either. <laughs> yeah, uh, none of our uh, parks are French, so uh, we we won't have French in our park. French, aha! It's uh, it would be a better park for it. For you, <laughs> for me, for yeah. us, for us. All right, I'm excited about your uh, about your goof. Ah, yes, I still like my goof. <laughs> okay, uh, you already know my goof. I already told you my goof. It was the first goof I came up with. Okay. Um, so the goof, not knowing your audience, uh -huh. I chose um, a while back, Disney did a redo of the Lucky Nugget mealtime show, which changed the uh, Woody's Roundup and the um, burlesque puppet dancer <laughs> and the... the uh, Frontierland puppet dancer. Yeah, burlesque puppets. Yeah, it's uh -huh, puppets, uh -huh. and she was a yeah. burlesque whore. <laughs> she was a whore. Let's be honest. Uh -huh, and okay. and all the other parts sure. they change it for like a Mickey Mouse thing. Yeah, uh, Minnie Mouse thing. Minnie Mouse thing. And yeah, they, it was they just they like, uh, hi, here is Minnie. Wave to her and and pay twice as many for the same food. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it changes back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like only a few weeks later. Yeah. But like the they they were asking fifty euros for the same menu and a reduced oh show, shit. which was which was that's like that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's was. that looks at it from perspective that uh children mm -hmm. that people go there with their children for the show, but that's far from reality when we went to lucky nugget mm -hmm. the people who loved the show the most were we we are not children but <laughs> we are not wow. anything to measure by but when the burlesque whore puppet came up <laughs> there was a table at the front of guys they could have been just college frat guys for all i knew but they loved it they even they call mm -hmm. a man on stage for part of the act and that table was 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 dying with laughter. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they assumed their audience was kids, but yeah, they were mistaken. So you you know there. she was a real woman, right, and not a puppet. But she had, it was someone with a puppet with. But don't you remember? Was the puppet isn't is the puppet also? Yeah, 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 yeah. The puppet was. She did like a burlesque-esque uh, song. Burlesque-esque. That's not a word. Burlesque-esque, yes. It was but a yeah, burlesque-like oh yeah, okay, song. Burlesque, sort of, yeah, okay. It wasn't quite, she didn't take her clothes off. No. <laughs> yeah, where's that show? Where's our, uh, where's our, our dinner <laughs> yeah, striptease show? They don't know world? us, eh? They don't have uh, naked oh, burlesque ladies. For like the, the 20s Main Street that was going to happen, just a, a speakeasy <laughs> with strippers. <laughs> Holy shit, the woman revolutionary first magic kingdom with strippers <laughs> i don't know you've got alcohol why not drugs and strippers well, cooking, you, cooking, you, uh, you cooking, told cooking, me yeah. you yeah you told me today about the stripper in disneyland 
Super. Oh yeah, yeah. in Adventureland. So, yeah, tell yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, there is a <laughs> commandment. I was, I was uh, having having a writer's block for, and I was looking for Disney Park failures <laughs> and incidents. <laughs> and in 2019, a guy from Switzerland decided mm-hmm. to take LSD in Disneyland Paris, and Where a few hours later, uh, the police had to fish him out of the uh, the water in Adventureland because he decided to take off his clothes. <laughs> And jump into the water naked. <laughs> and that will be for uh, uh, that will be the closest thing we'll ever get to uh, to the burlesque. Yeah, a Swiss guy taking his clothes off. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, all right. Uh, mine is also about restaurants again. Mo- uh, a lot of times, both of my examples for one commandment have a have like a relationship. So. My masker yeah, was like the put thought into this or something. That's yeah, so sometimes. So they put uh, wine cellars in place, but another thing they put in place, and that's my goof, is the coat racks. So they expected these very posh, uh, elegant French people to come to the restaurant all dressed up with a coat and uh, uh, needing a coat hanger to to safely store their coats. Well, people don't do that to go to a theme park, so now we have uh, coat racks all over the park uh, that are not being used because nobody uses coat racks because they're just going in a in a Hello Kitty t-shirt <laughs> and shorts to the park <laughs> and they don't use uh, coat racks. So I thought that was a was a quite a funny thing to like. On the one hand, they they really got the Europeans and they got it exactly right, and on the other hand, it was like, oh, you guys don't do that. The Americans think we all just wear fur coats <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> because well, otherwise they freeze to that in the frigid <laughs> French weather. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, the second commandment is... Dos. You can say the name because I know you like to, to butcher <laughs> the original Yeah, I wrote them like God would write them on the stone tablet. Uh-huh. Okay. I think it's Go a missed it. opportunity that Marty didn't do that in the book, but you know he can be uh, perfect. At perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Commandment number two: Wear thine guest sandals, <laughs> or wear your guest shoes. Uh, so this one is basically um, like in the early days, uh, like like really uh, that the Imagineers should immerse themselves in in being like a guest and visiting the park as a guest in the early days of Disneyland because everything was new. It was new for both guests and for designers. They didn't know what they were doing and the guests didn't know what to expect. Um, Walt made the Imagineers go to Disneyland at least every other week and just be among guests, uh, standing queues with the guests, walk around, experience the same things uh, guests would experience and, and really find out who are the other guests, uh, how is it to stand a long time in a queue with children, how is it to walk around this park. So really just be a guest in your own park so you can design for other people. That's basically the commandment. Right, what's your, what's your mouse car? My mouse car is, um, uh, Marty used a very specific example of uh, Steve Jobs, that mm-hmm. Steve Jobs wore his, his, his guest sandals or shoes or whatever. I think Steve Jobs wore sandals so, or nothing. No, he nothing, wore no yeah. shoes. He never wore his guest shoes. So I don't, it's a bad <laughs> example, Marty. Change it. 
But anyway, the example he used was that he would be very meticulous of the unpacking experience of iPhones mm-hmm. and, and Apple products. Mm-hmm. Because, well, that's, that's part of the, the experience. That's and part of why we, why we pay. Like you, I notice it myself when, when, when I buy, when I haven't, I don't have a lot of Apple products, but I have a few and I keep those boxes for some reason. And I don't keep boxes of other phones just because the whole experience and how the packaging looks is so much more detailed mm-hmm. and, and designed. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went with the um, closest thing we have to unboxing something mm-hmm. in a theme park, and that is entering the theme park mm-hmm. for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Because the way it unfolds, you've got the hotel uh-huh. above, you don't really, you don't, you don't see like the, the castle off in the distance. It's it's mm-hmm. a slow experience. You get a closed box at first, and layer <laughs> upon layer, it 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 opens, and you get a bit more. You get a manual. You don't get a manual. You yeah, you get that the, the Disneyland hotel. <laughs> above. Sort of a, the Disneyland manual. Kind of sort of. It's written <laughs> yeah, on the walls if you look really closely. That's <laughs> all the the things the the writing on uh, the floor. It's not people. It's it's a manual. <laughs> so it it opens slowly. It's. You open the box, you take out the thing. Uh-huh. So yeah, that, that's basically my explanation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw you staring, hopefully. <laughs> like, where is yeah, this metaphor going? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. it, it, it's how how it opens. Mm-hmm. That is my my top mouse. But does, does the entrance have a, have a headphone jack? That's what I want to know. No. So they start ah. the trend first. <laughs> it's all Disney's fault. Mm. So you know what right. I mean? Yeah. I yeah, saw yeah, a very yeah, puzzled yeah, look yeah, yeah. coming my yeah, yeah. My my mouseker was uh, also the Disneyland Hotel entrance, but for a whole different reason. Um, well, just b- uh, because of the whole experiencing of um, getting it, getting to the park, uh, buying your ticket, and uh, getting to the entrance and waiting maybe to get a ticket and deciding what ticket to buy and uh, paying. Uh, if you look at the other parks, uh, if you look at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, um, you are not standing, uh, you're j- just in open air, which is most of the time not a problem because it's always, it's never raining in California and it's most of the time good weather in uh, in, in Florida. But here in, uh, in Europe, it's uh, often raining or if it's not raining, it's very windy and cold. And... Uh, the fact that you just are invited under this big, beautiful uh, roof covering, uh, big, beautiful roof, um, makes it more easy to open your wallet and pay the... I, I rather pay 70 euros covered and warm uh, than I do uh, in the rain and that there's literally snow falling into my wallet while I, while I get out the money. So that was my mask that they thought about this the same experience they have in California where it's no problem to to be just uh, outside, uh, but in, in Paris it would, and it makes it a lot easier to, to wait in line to pay for your tickets and, and get to the park. Yeah, that's a very good one, very subtle one. <laughs> that's, right. that's why you're here. I, I'm here to name <laughs> obvious things, and you... Uh, here you're to here to say the word sandals. Ah, ah sandals. Yes, sandals. I'm here for the sandals. <laughs> and you're here to say really thoughtful, deep, and not obvious <laughs> things. 
Alright, what's your uh, what's your goof Alright. for the wear your guest shoes? If uh, Imagineers or whoever, any Disneyland Paris employee would wear my shoes in the park, they would see my shoes are worn the most in a certain time of day, which is walking from uh-huh. restaurant to restaurant, checking if it's open or if uh-huh. it if it costs literal bars of gold <laughs> to eat there. If they would have worn my shoes, they would have seen I am wearing very hungry shoes. <laughs> That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Very hungry shoes, yes. There is nothing <coughs> to fucking eat in Disneyland <laughs> Paris, especially in the evening. They force me to stand in line at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> nothing against Mexican restaurants. But there's everyone goes there because Lucky Nuggets closed, whatever the hell fuck is closed. You have to go outside of the park to Disney Village to get some decent food. Mm-hmm. So everyone is in those few places you can still get food. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the line, you get rice that tastes like <laughs> the inside of my shoe. So please wear my shoe, not use it as a cooking utensil. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And get some food options that aren't closed, uh-huh. that are good. That are spe- those two, good food and open food available uh-huh. food <laughs> available food my soul is nourished in Disneyland but at the same time I'm physically starving <laughs> all right in what episode did we rent about food is it a, is that one we posted or is that one no uh, the Tom Sherman one I think okay 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 right um yeah I I I, I agree Um yeah. You agree, but I <laughs> see doubt in your eyes. No, I, I was just thinking it. I rented about this a long time in the last episode, so I'm gonna Yeah. Gonna yeah. yeah. Uh but but yeah, it's uh it's it's really dreadful at the moment. Uh especially in the evening indeed. Um it's it's just hard to get like anything. What if we put Satulis in Frontierland? I don't care about the re-team. Just put Satulis in Frontierland. I give up on teaming Pick at this cowboy point. Cowboy food, like those balls. Yeah. Mm, cowboy balls. <laughs> well, it's just chicken. Chicken is very cowboy-y. If we, if you want to just discuss, discussed with a T, not discuss, but discussed. Uh-huh. Every American coming to the park with just a horse steakhouse. The most a Europe- horse steakhouse, isn't that yes, the Lucky Nugget? A horse steakhouse. Yes, indeed. <laughs> just a place that, that <coughs> sells only horse steak, which nobody outside of Europe eats. Yeah, yeah. For I, I know I, I know the reason why Americans don't eat it. It's some it's some weird historical thing. But <laughs> what's the re- what's the weird I think, historical um, reason? Um, it, what they talked about this on the uh, Joe Rogan Experience one time, and a historian was was who who specialized in like mostly Native American stuff, but also early American things, I think. Uh-huh. I think it was that dude. Uh, he he said that um, in America, eating horse was mentally linked to starving and being at your... or at, and being poor, because at one battle, one very decisive, important battle for American independence, they had to start eating their horses as a last okay. resort. And so he, those, he thinks yeah. it's it's ingrained in American mentality that 
it's not something you do unless as a last resort. All they right. see it as disgusting and subpar meat, which is not the case. <laughs> because horse steak is great. Many Europeans think the same thing, but yeah, we have um, we have horse steakhouses. Yeah, yeah, we have horse steakhouses. Also, yeah, also a lot <laughs> of them. We also have horse I don't know if if the if the entire continent of Europe eats horse, but uh, in Belgium we do. Nope. I don't know I think how the far French, it stretches. The French are also quite okay with eating horse. Hmm. I think, and the Germans make a sausage out of it. They won't. They won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, my um, <coughs> goof is uh, is the opposite of my fir- of my uh, of my Disneyland hotel entrance one. So in 1992, they knew exactly how to nail the experiencing the experience of getting uh, getting your money out all dry and covered. And then 10 years later, they fucked it up and they built the Walt Disney Studios where you're just in the rain and in the cold again. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's large. It's an American movie studio. It's probably in California, and in California, ah. it doesn't rain. So, <laughs> team-wise, it's all fine. Mm-hmm. That's true. But um, you have this. Uh, uh, the, the 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 moment I hate it the most that it's not covered. The the entrance is when you have to wait in the annual pass line. Uh, the at the studios because it takes because they only have two operating windows most of the time and it takes s- literally hours sometimes uh, and you can't so if you if you decide to buy your annual pass at or you have a problem outside of the park with your annual pass you have to use that uh, boot for it and it's really just a horrible experience to stand there yes. if it's cold and raining uh, that should be a, a premium VIP experience I yeah. we pay a lot yeah. of money for that piece of plastic. Well, not a lot, but no, but it's we spend a lot in in a year. Yes, we, yeah. those people holding those pots, the dedicated fans, treat them like it. Yeah, we mm-hmm. should have like the the one inside of the park. Maybe mm-hmm. not as chic. I I would just. Yeah, that's a very 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 fancy one. Yeah, I would just take anything that's not just this, uh, a line <laughs> out in the open. Yeah, but just have one at the Disneyland Hotel would fix <laughs> a lot of the problems. Or have m- more than two would al- also fix. Because there is always a line. I don't get, like, how many annual passes does Paris have that there is always a line at the studio? Yeah, it's weird. Or don't people know that there is a, there is one in Disneyland Park? I don't know. Because the one at Disneyland Park is, like... Very, it's it's a former uh, restaurant uh, in in Discoveryland. Um, it's very nice, very pleasant to be. It's very yeah. quick over there. Um, but I but thought it's if you're if you've been to the park multiple times, which mm-hmm. I assume they have when they're getting an annual pass. Mm-hmm. It's not hidden. You walk into Discoveryland and you see annual pass bureau thingy. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, we we have s- we we s- we have s- t- uh, we've spent many hours in that line, so we were part of the problem. Yeah. No, I wasn't part of the problem. Jonas yeah. went with us, who <laughs> at the last moment decided he was going to take an annual pass, and didn't order one before. He was the problem. Jonas, and you are the problem. I uh, I had to. Uh, 
I had to buy a new one. He did the I annual past dance, and it didn't <laughs> work. Lars' ritual, which is uh, doing a Macarena-esque dance, in which he pats <coughs> every every pocket and every hole that might be a pocket, that isn't a pocket, but he uses a pocket, mm-hmm. in his coat and pants to see where he put his annual pass or like fast pass tickets. And most of the I time... I did have an annual pass with me. It was not the right one. No, he always carries a bunch of annual passes <laughs> that are expired. Because, because why not, huh? I do it to be fancy. Oh, no, wait, this is my Disney World one. Oh, no, oh, what do I have here? Oh, <laughs> I just spill all my annual passes on the ground. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, all this is America. Passes. Oh, 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 I'm not in America right now. And I just walk on. That's how I make friends on the on the train. Just <laughs> throw annual passes. Oh, no, sorry. Exactly, I know, so that was... Yeah, I don't make friends and I don't. Wait, like we talked to that one dude when, when Jonas was having a mental breakdown. Yeah, I literally talked about that dude yesterday to somebody. Nice, <laughs> some nice. Yeah. With a broken Me leg. And, and uh, Neil have very uh, much issues with... Um, we're very self-conscious when we know somebody is listening to us. And in this case, we were on a TGV in a, in a, f- like a, a high-speed train for non-French people. <laughs> okay and uh, we were in the four seats and we were with three so there was one uh, person who who had to sit with us uh, and had to listen to us for for two hours and we really can't handle it so we just start like a like a very weird yeah stand-up comedy show where we are like different persons persons and and tell stories that are way too exaggerated and yeah it's really but it is a, it's it's we don't we not different people ourselves but we filter out all the normal people stuff yeah we only yeah. do the weird jokes we do to each other yeah yeah it's yeah. it's like, like I Jones, jonas was having a mental breakdown not really he <laughs> lost that's well he was but for yes he ex he he asked me not to tell this story <laughs> except <laughs> if he has approved the episode in which we tell the story and how we tell it. So I won't tell it because I won't. I don't want to go through the approval process. Oh, <laughs> I want. I want to tell the story. Oh, tell uh, it. No, another time. Let's we'll go to approval. We will hype it up now and then we tell it later. Uh, it's, it's a well, great story. It won't story. be as good. It, no, no, it's it's great. All right. I'm really practicing telling that story. So, but he lost his backpack and he was going to ask the uh, <laughs> the train conductor uh, who he had to call to get his backpack back. Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, that's half the story. So. That's half the story, yeah. <coughs> so he was having a breakdown about that, and we were doing a stand-up comedy routine <laughs> about the incident. <laughs> I don't uh, know, the guy had the time of his life. I yeah, imagine he he had a broken arm and the time of his life. It was yeah, and the time of his life, and he was sunburned. <laughs> I remember oh, that he he was so red he c- you could barely see him against like the red seats of the high-speed train. <laughs> Just the high-speed train. I thought, wow, an empty cast. Oh, no, there's a man in the cast. All right. So anyway. episode 50, we will get the approval. We will go to the approval procedure after recording episode 50. When when 50 people send us a DM on Twitter saying, I listen, uh, I exist. No, don't. They won't. Yeah. We, no. we have one. Yeah, you can no, we have two. DM us on Twitter. But not just I listen. <laughs> or you can, but don't do it for this. 
It's not worth <laughs> it. It's not worth it. <laughs> All right. So the story that we have been going on for five minutes but won't tell now uh, <laughs> for another time. So commandment three. Organize the flow of thine people and ideas. Right. I think we have the first mouse co- uh, the same mouse card. I don't, I'm not sure. Go so for maybe, it. Maybe, maybe kind of explain what they mean. It's oh, yeah. kind of sort of explanatory, self-explanatory, but kind of sort of not. It's, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Mm-hmm. They mean you have to, um, as a team designer, be mindful of how people walk through your 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 design space environment yeah, yeah and how uh the ideas are fed to them and mm-hmm. what information is fed to them when mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um and and just the way and also uh the way just people like uh how they walk and create and yeah yeah create uh wh- how they walk around in space yeah, how, and how they use the space a to point yeah. b in a not horrible way. <laughs> All right. What's your uh, what's your mouse car? Uh, my mouse car, I, I kind of sort of ripped off Marty's um, mm-hmm. Marty's thing. He was talking about the Indiana Jones queue uh, mm-hmm. as a flow of ideas kind of thing, and he was talking about, it and I thought that's almost the same as we have. Well. Let's be clear that it's uh, not about the uh, Paris no, Indiana it's about Jones because the American one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. because that is yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I and how he talked about that, it, it for me it sounds very similar in how our Pirates of the Caribbean queue does it. Mm-hmm. How they get you into the mindset of an adventure for Indiana Jones and like the, oh, I'm Indiana Jones, I'm going through a tomb to rob it. In, in, mm-hmm. in the name of archaeology, it gets you into the mood of pirates and piratry. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you you had the flow of the attraction itself. Like the I had that at first, but I yeah. thought he's going to have that somewhere. Yeah. Because I, I know he that. likes to say that Tony reorganized the ride and it's all better for it. So I thought <laughs> I'd anticipate and I'd pick another part of the ride. All right. It's how it, it goes from the outside, but it's quite tame, but it's still it's it's, it's tropical. You got mm-hmm. uh, pirates, Caribbean, pirates, Ooh, Caribbean, exotic. pirate land. Hello. Uh-huh. Then you go into the fortress, which is darker, which transitions you to the 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 port, mm-hmm. but also it shows you the the dark side of it all, because it's pirates. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. In reality, mm-hmm. it's a bit more rainbows and, and happy times in a Disneyland attraction, of course. They they don't rape. Or, well, they do, but they don't show us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, like, the prisons. It's it's physically dark, too, which mm-hmm. isn't a bit a mouse car. There's going to be a point where I'm just going to walk into a child and not notice. <laughs> because it's dark. It's really, really dark. But, uh, yeah, I I... Don't have that much issues with it over there. Yeah, no, but I'm just an idiot, so <laughs> it's not an issue. Blind. It's it's an issue with myself. Uh-huh. Not not. It's a goof for me, not. Especially pirates. when you lose your glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I have new ones. Aha! Uh-huh. I can see now. <laughs> me and Neil went on a walk together, and around halfway through, he he noticed his glasses were gone. Yeah. 
And that I don't know how you lose to, glasses on your face. And, but uh, I look, I look okay. kind of like Indiana Jones when he's teaching. I look like a professor. <laughs> don't I look intelligent <laughs> with round glasses on? Anyway, it almost works. <laughs> it almost, it almost make me look intelligent. <laughs> a, a nigh impossible feat, but again, as I say, when I knock over a glass. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about me being clumsy and I start knocking things over. Uh, what, is, what was I saying? Yes, uh, knocking dark. over kits and dark and... Yes, yeah. and then it gets to the best part of the ride, uh, of the queue, which is the part that really makes it feel like you're in the tropics because it's, I don't know, 30 degrees centigrade inside of, of, of that part of the queue. Sure. <laughs> it, smells, it smells... Like, like water. water, it smells like water, you know. And pirates have a tendency to be on water, so that's very intimate. Most pirates. Yeah. And the music, because for me, intrinsically, there's the, the the sea shanty aspect of being a pirate is very ingrained in, in piratry for me. Mm -hmm. So when I'm there, I'm a pirate. I'm, I have made full transition from being a visitor to being a pirate in pirate land. And then you smell the waffles and then it's complete. Oh. Blue Lagoon smells like waffles. Change my I mind. I think we... Sometimes. No. Sometimes. No, Not never. There are no waffles on it. Yeah, but still it smells like waffles. I think we asked it the last time, but if there is any cook of the Blue Lagoon listening, please contact no, us. No, if there's just anybody listening, tweet <laughs> at us or DM at us or mail at us, whatever. What if you does the first scene of Pirates of the Caribbean smell like? Have you me? ever experienced Blue Lagoon as smelling vaguely of waffles? You're going to answer yes, because of yes, you have a nose. <sighs> Send it, because Lord doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. I did my research. Pirates did invent waffles. Classic. All those Belgian pirates out Yes, there. Belgian pirates. They were a thing. They uh, rob a lot of people in France, going to <laughs> Dover. That was really it. Not. I I, I d why would you go to France to go to Dover? If we have an But the French going to Dover, that's where the Belgian pirates got their booty. Ah, okay, and okay. Then they okay. took a wrong turn at uh, at Hastings, and they ended up in the Caribbean. And that's why would where they, they go to Dover? Pirates. Why would they go to Dover for booty if you can go to the Lucky Nugget for booty? Ah, yes. But Disneyland Paris wasn't built yet then. So ah, that's why. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time travel is still difficult. No, but we do time travel in the attraction, kind of. Sort yeah, of. which is uh, weird um, way of organizing the flow of IDs, as it's not very clear to most guests, I think. You were blocking a bit. Yes. Okay. Could you repeat that last part? Okay. Uh, that it's a very weird way of, of organizing your flow of IDs because most people don't get it that we are going back in time. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. In the beginning of the attraction. Um, but but the attraction is better organized than the American counterparts where the... Uh, like the... That pirate bit is at the end... Uh, is at the beginning... Um, Damn it! He's at the end, uh, and we begin on a more, more slow adventure. 
Well, it's also slow, but less filled with dead people. Um, all right. Commandment 4. I like Commandment 4. Okay, do it. Wait, wait. Do your you thing. Do the goof yet. <laughs> oh. Uh, ah, yes. Goofs. Goofy. I'll do my goof first. Yeah, go for it. I uh, picked a very broad concept. I don't know. I just <laughs> right. went. I went very much from personal experience with this one, uh-huh. and my goof okay. is the studios as a whole. <laughs> Everything, because the flow of, of of people and ideas is also kind of steering the people to where you want them to go. Mm-hmm. And when I'm outside of Studio One, I I'm there and like ah yes, and now, well, I'm not anymore because I know the park. <laughs> But when I went with my, my, my mother and my sister, for was my second time in Disneyland. I didn't really know the park that well. I stood outside of Studio One and I thought, ah, yes, and now I know where the tower <laughs> is. And the rest is, um, I don't know, two vague roads going places. Well, you have to just pick one. Pick one road and you will get to the to, to one half one. of the park. I am, yeah, sure. Uh, three big but that's, roads, not, that's yeah. not Disney standard. That's true. I don't just that's want a vague road. It's basically three roads. That's the that's the entire park. You have an an uh, a U uh, yeah a U form like a horse. F- what's shoe. it called? Yeah, horseshoe uh, and and then like one one leg in the middle. That's basically the entire studios. Yeah, it's uh, it's not that bad. It, it gets your people flowing, I guess, but I don't think it works. Yeah, there there are never really um, congestions, but it's just um, yeah. I don't know. I think if uh, if the park would have normal sized roads, uh, there would be very big problems, and just because you you just wouldn't know where to go uh, because there aren't really incentives to go anywhere in that park. Um, and I think they just solved it with very, very wide roads. Yeah, indeed. And until, yeah. up until before we started recording this, I didn't know you could loop around <laughs> from Rock and Roller Coaster <laughs> to the middle. I just thought uh-huh. it just ended at at the Motor Sun Show. Café, yeah, and Café de Cascade. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know there was a fucking road there. Yeah, the, the, there is a road, but you, there is nothing on it. There is one beautiful sign over there, and that's about it. Yeah, but yeah, sure, yeah. It's weird that you don't know it. It's it's. If the roads weren't as big, the doubling back would be an issue because I think most people double back. Yeah, I think almost like the the amount of people. Well, now it's changed because they're it's like gone. The entire area has changed, but um, up until the the Armageddon was still there and rock and roller coaster. Uh, if you took the the little road uh, besides Café de Cascadeur and behind the tower, there's like almost nobody there. Like a few people always, and and doubling back is the shoot, always the same few people. Weirdly enough, <laughs> and it's always, it's always Lars me just sending taking there, yeah. taking a picture of the beautiful sign. Ooh, signage! It's, it's me showing my annual passes. Oh, oh America oh. again! Ah, I'm sorry, yeah. Miss. Yeah. But yeah, it would be if if they actually put something of interest there that people would want to go through. That mm-hmm. would make it a better flow. Not that it's a problem, but. But just. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's um. But yeah, Disney Park always leads you somewhere by using visual trickery and and using interesting uh-huh. points. Which is our next uh, which command? Which is kind of the next command. Uh-huh. Yeah. Using those interesting points to guide you, but studios, it, it leads you nowhere. And I think it will be like, now they're behind the Tower of Terror. Um, they they will build more. Uh, so they're going to do that. Uh, they will build the Frozen and, and quote-unquote Star Wars. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it will be very weird to look back at the park and see the backside of the tower because the backside of the tower is really not designed to look at because it's just a flat wall with some painted windows on it so uh, i think opening up that that space behind the tower of terror so now the only place to see the backside of the tower of terror is that little road and if you are in uh the studio tram tour which is also not there anymore well <laughs> sort of it's that <laughs> to us let's say that let's keep it at that um so so like opening up uh this whole space behind the park and, and putting roads behind the park will will have this very weird look of the tower of terror now um so yeah <laughs> it's looking forward to that um my uh was also was was about congestion and it's the um and i think it's very weird because you it's very weird that my groove exists because you can if you look at the plan of disneyland even even just a map you can get at the park you can see the congestion starting you you just see it on the plan and it's the the area between uh fuento del oro the big thunder mountain entrance the big thunder mountain fast pass entrance the place where you take big uh the big thunder mountain fast passes is just one bottleneck where everybody needs to be and it's all next to each other and it's really just always full of people, people standing still. It's people uh, checking the, the time of Big Thunder Mountain. It's people trying to figure out what the hell the fast pass is uh, and then coming out of the fast pass area and trying to figure out what they just took. And it's people checking out the restaurant if they want to eat there and what they are selling. And so people, it's people smelling and why does this restaurant smell like feet? <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 all these like if you if you would have that area in a park where everybody is a 10-year annual pass holder it would be better because everybody would know exactly what to do there but like just for the everyday with all the everyday guests which is the main uh main group of uh for who uh they design it really doesn't work there. It's always congested. Congested. It's always lines just going all around that place. It's very, very weird. Everything is so close to each other over there. I think like replacing the fast passes to another location would would change already a lot. But the Discovery Land so here. Yeah. Fast <laughs> passes for Big Thunder. <laughs> A day when. Cars land opened the place where you would have to where you had to take a fastpass ticket for the car detection was <laughs> was just very was almost at the entrance and uh, yeah logical because everybody wanted the fastpass and it would just true block everyone else ah but now it blocked the entrance sort of ah well yes okay 
Um, no, so that, that that's a very weird bottleneck area that I that I think is weird. There, you can't change a lot because you can't like replace the restaurant. Uh, so we will we will have to stuck with it. I think for a while, for uh, the next thirty years probably. But uh, that was my goof of uh, organizing the flow of people. And then we have commandment four. Create a weenie. There's no, there's no yeah. Bible. <laughs> there is no room. I can't just die. There's no create die weenie. Die with that sandals. Sounds weird. Die weenie. <laughs> that's no. Just open up the sea and create a weenie. Talk to a firebush. Whatever. Like a red sea that's opened up. That would be one hell of a weenie. Mm-hmm. Get on it. Basically, Bible land. Holy <laughs> land. I mean. <laughs> Bible land. Bible land. <laughs> You mean Israel? Yes. <laughs> Israel. Bible land. Uh, a weenie is basically, uh, best example is all of the Disney castles in the world. That's also the example that um, that that Marty Sklar gives because it is really the best uh, example. You walk into a, a, a Disney park, you see the castle, you want to go there. End of story. Uh, other examples of weenies is the Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom, Spaceship Earth in Epcot, the Orbitron in Discoveryland, uh, things like that. Uh, things that capture the guest's attention. It sets a stage, it sets a mood, and it gives um, an incentive to guests to go somewhere. Uh, it really invites people uh, from very far away. That's a very important part of a weenie uh, to, to get to that place uh, and take a closer look. Um, and often you have a sequence of weenies, uh, just uh, like when you enter Disneyland, uh, you, you, well, uh, with us, you go under the hotel, you have the first weenie, which is a train station. You go under the train station, take your booklet, go onto main street and which, uh, yeah. And then go to the castle. And when you go to the castle, you will have a hub to all the different lands and each land has their own weenie. You have the Orbitron and the Fort Comstock and the entrance to Adventureland. So that's basically a weenie. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <silence>. I know. <laughs> yeah. That is indeed. All right. And what's your uh, your uh, mouse, mouse car? Yes. My mouse car is what I have just dubbed the uh, Frontier Double Whammy. <laughs> All right. I call it the Frontier Double Whammy because when you enter Frontierland in Disneyland Paris after you exit Fort Comstock, there mm-hmm. is not one single weenie, mm-hmm. but there are, plot twist, two of them. Pom, pom, pom. And I just like the fact <laughs> that you, you enter Frontierland and you have to make a choice, which, as somebody knows absolutely nothing about the rides, you have to... to choose do i go to the mountain with mine carts running over it and people mm-hmm. screaming <laughs> or do i go to the creepy house that's on top of the hill looming down <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah and one of the one of the things that makes the big on the mountain especially a good weenie is like the kinetics are very important part yes. of, of it yeah, of yeah, 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 it yeah. works very good um Phantom Manor kind of has kinetics, but I don't think you would see them from that far. You have the no, but the creaking windows. Yeah, but no, but it's the the imagery of a mm-hmm. dilapidated mansion standing on a hill. 
Mm-hmm. We're so used to that to that imagery, it it immediately conjures up curiosity within most mm-hmm. people. So they they want to go towards it, even when it's not kinetic. Yeah, definitely. Um, Second, <coughs> I had to cough my COVID out. Um, my mouse car is um, is the Disneyland Hotel. Um, I think we we touched upon this in the very first episode, but uh, when you're entering Disneyland Paris, uh, the the whole resort, you see the Disneyland Hotel from very far away uh, as some sort of like, uh, yeah, it gives you an incentive, like, welcome to Disneyland Paris, here you are, and you have to get there. And then you have to do everything you need to do to to, to get to that place. I think it's a weenie that's so, so genius to show this part of the park from very far away really create this access to it uh and then you just have to uh make a right turn do the parking uh get through everything you need to do go to the toilet and then after like half an hour you come back to this place it's a we it's uh, it's probably the most the the longest weenie ever because i don't know any other weenies you have to take half an hour to get there um and it really hypes up people to get there and to go investigate what they just saw so i think it's it's uh maybe even the best weenie like in terms of creating a hype and setting a mood and and what are you laughing at (laughs) it's the longest weenie ever I was trying not to <laughs> not to interrupt your uh, explanation. <laughs> okay, uh, go yeah. ahead. Yes. Uh, no, that was it. Like it's it creates um, because of the I like how how long it takes to get there and and it it really announces like you you welcome uh, uh, open your wallet because you will have to pay for parking. Um, so yeah, that that was my uh, my uh, Disneyland hotel uh, mouse yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Thank yeah, and you. then for the goofs. Yes. I, mm, I maybe have the same goof as the previous one, and it All is right. the studios and its utter lack of weenies. You've got one, but then you're at the tower because mm-hmm. of course the weenie is Tower of Terror. Well. My goof is the Tower of Terror, and I say that this isn't weenie. Oh well, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't work at all like a weenie. No, um, kind of does because you want to go to it, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just measured it. It's uh, eighty meters, <laughs> just for a fun fact. Between the um, the exit of Studio One and and so the yeah the second entrance to the park so to speak and the tower of terror it's 80 meters and and one of the important parts of a weenie is creating this long shot having a long yeah. weenie um <laughs> uh which which is like uh, a promise uh, the imagineers make a promise of adventure like go here and you will go on an adventure um it's a long shot that, that established uh, is established to make guests go discover and, and make their way and like in Disneyland Paris, if you see the castle and you walk towards it, you're stopped yeah. by uh, a horse-drawn car and you're stopped by uh, a storefront and, and the smell of candy, and which is a weenie in itself because the smell can be 
can attract you to. Yes, to of the actual herbs. smell of weenies. <laughs> in Casey's corner. <laughs> ah, um, no. So so and and also like um, the Tower of Terror in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. It's like this very long shot within the end. This tower that's like almost on a hill and 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 really <laughs> the weenie is bushy at the bottom. <laughs> ha. Um, no, so so and and when you walk to the Tower of Terror in Walt Disney World, you're stopped by this, uh, oftentimes by these characters who who are just playing a character, and you want to see them, and it gives and 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 maybe you're diverted uh, to go to the Rock and Roller Coaster, but here when you go to the to the Tower of Terror, you're literally st- aren't stopped by anything. Exactly, and when you're there. That's you don't stops. see other things. Yeah, you you like it leads you to exactly one thing, yeah. nothing in between, but nothing further. Like mm-hmm. the castle has the other entrances, a weenie, and the other entrances have something else within the themed area yeah, yeah, yeah. to guide you somewhere. But studios, mm-hmm. it it begins and it stops. Well, it it doesn't really really begin. It's just <laughs> a tower. It just a goes tower. on. It's yeah. just the tower and nothing else. And yeah, I think it's between. it's very weird that I get uh, they they can't build it very far away because it's built on a budget and you would have to fill all the space. So I get that. But then when you get to the tower, the the the, the street, the the the, the yeah, the, the the spaces you see are just nothing. There's nothing. I don't want to walk these streets to to go somewhere else. I, yeah. I have to like guess where to go and then hope I will get to <laughs> Stitch Life. <laughs> yeah, the one um, place the dis- you want to The go. disappointment in my voice. Uh, Stitch Life. Um, no, so for me, the Tower of Terror really doesn't work as a weenie. Um, it, it does have kinetics, so it got that going. It does have the elevators opening up and the, the elevators crushing to the ground, but... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. And I have an honorable mention, which is Disney Village, which for some weird reason doesn't have a weenie. Um, so imagine if you stay off property, so you don't need to go into that street to get to your hotel, and you're just walking back to your car, and you you watch toward the street, there is nothing that invites you. I I think sometimes there is the balloon if yeah. it's up in the air, but I think when that, it's that was meant to be the weenie. Yeah, but doesn't most work. of the time it, it doesn't work. Up, yeah, yeah, when because when it's on the ground, you, you it's really obscured by by all the 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 other things in the street, and it used to work like a, a weenie because of the the grid of the columns and then the the net of lights. It was above the people's, uh, the guests. Like it wasn't a faraway weenie, but it was something pulling you in, uh, into the land, well, into the street because of this beautiful light, li- li- lightning, <laughs> not lightning, um, these beautiful lights above your head. Uh, but right now, with the, like most of the towers gone, the lights gone, there's nothing uh, to to get you deeper into the street, which is weird because that's where they get the money out of people at the end of the day, which probably works if you're staying on property because you have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
lots of people go to Disneyland without getting into the street because there's nothing there. And the weird thing is they have weenie-like buildings, but they're all in front. Like you have the World of Disney store with the, with the big globe and you have the really not well-maintained uh, Planet Hollywood globe. Yeah. And 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 that could be called a weenie because it's big, <laughs> I guess. And that is a weenie. Um, their menu is a weenie. <laughs> that is one of the the few decent places to eat. Well, at night it's a beautiful oh, view of the of the large figure inside. The, the oh, woman rolling on itself. Like yeah, yeah. Also, it's like going. Uh, I don't know, like like a hand of a clock, like going left mm-hmm. to right. It's really beautiful. But it would really be like if you walk under the the um no wait it would be the same as if you would enter disneyland paris and the castle is just to your right <laughs> that's basically yeah. where they are they're, yeah like there and a main street is something there and oh yeah there, there's a main street whatever doesn't ma- doesn't really matter so yeah i don't know uh i I'm, I'm sure they want to change it at this point because disney village isn't just just such a bad state concept wise and 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 yeah so uh definitely a goof for me the disney village and the tower of terror as a weenie uh yeah all right on to the next commandment commandment number five <laughs> use thine visual literacy <laughs> and i'm going, right. gonna take a stab at explaining visual literacy because this is also the first time I've ever heard of the concept of visual literacy. So um, correct me where I'm wrong, because I think visual literacy is a bit more in your uh, area of expertise. But if I uh, understand Marty, correct, if I'm in explaining what he's saying correctly, mm-hmm. that visual literacy is uh, that the Imagineer uses everything he has, like colors and his whole lexicon, mm-hmm. and draws from this lexicon that other people also have, to mm-hmm. put them in that place. One of his examples was World Showcase, mm-hmm. which which uh, could place people in another part of the world and could make them believe that they were, for example, in Paris by using their visual literacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I explain it's that basically? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, my, my mouse score goes to um, the Phantom Manor. Um, one of, one of uh, the... The goofs of Smarties Clar was the Haunted Mansion because um, the Haunted Mansion is a is a haunted house. The inside is dilapidated. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's just in a bad state. But in Disneyland, in the original Disneyland, in the the Phantom Manor, that wall. Sorry, <coughs> little cough. Um, <coughs> in the Haunted Mansion that Walt created, uh, the outside is beautiful it's it's uh, it's a house just that there are people living there that it's not haunted it's not in a bad state it's not abandoned um which really um goes against the whole story goes against the whole experience the whole uh, mood that they are trying to set only because walt didn't want to have a dilapidated house in the middle of disneyland which I get, but it goes against uh, the immersive experience of a Disneyland park and 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 of the haunted mansion. And um, uh, 
with us uh, in, in Paris, they, they placed the Haunted Mansion in Frontierland and, and named it the Phantom Manor, which uh, makes it more fitting that it's a dilapidated house because it fits a little bit more with the Frontierland, I think, than, than it would have uh, where, Wal- where Walt did it. Um, so it really fits and it really just tells you the story right off the bat. Uh, when you see the weenie getting into Frontierland, you look at the house, you know... This is a this is a haunted house. This is a dilapidated, abandoned house. If I go there, I will get a story about ghosts, about abandonment. So it's very lit. Uh, well, it just everything fits with the the actual story. All right, uh, my mouse car is the uh, Star Tours Q. Because mm-hmm. for. Hmm? Because for one thing, when you're a Star Wars fan, the queue is very much Star Wars. But to everyone, not only people who know Star Wars, they used visual literacy to invoke the vibes of an airport and they absolutely nail it. Mm-hmm. From the floor to the, the rails to the itineraries on the wall to even the jingle with the announcements feels to me like something I would hear in a normal airport. Mm-hmm. I wish our airports looked like that too. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, it looks like an airport, but interesting. But better. But better yeah. in, in in every way. But it uses visual literacy to to. Uh, it uses the way that people know airports and perceive airports mm-hmm. to tell people this is this is an airport in a faraway galaxy full of strange creatures, and you're gonna board basically a charter airplane mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah i totally agree um it's weird that in the one in orlando you can see a photo opportunity with darth vader that's uh yeah go- goes a little bit against uh, the thing. there's there's a few things with, with the one in orlando let's say they the visual literacy is uh is is, is let's say not good over there because um if you would look to the to the show building outside you would think okay this is a set a star wars set this is not real this is not in uh, this is not uh, or, or this is not in the world of star wars because you can see the backside of the yeah. setting and then you go in and ta-da welcome to the world of star wars for some reason and the the transition is just getting into the building it's not an experience it's not uh, a pre-show that would that will get you from the world of movies to in to really in the world of the movies um yeah so our, our, ours do it do it better although our um um the facade and the show building of our starters doesn't look like star wars at all it's just i don't know what it is exactly it's just yeah it's for whatever yes and talking about things that don't look like star wars at all that's a perfect segue into my goof namely hyperspace mountain (laughs) Uh because you enter discovery land you see this this big building with a cannon on the side steampunk and you think ah yes it's gonna be it's gonna be jules verne it's gonna be something something old steampunky like the rest of the land then you're in front of the ndc hyperspace mountain and you see like the 
Star Wars, Star hyperspace, Wars. stars zooming by, and it's Star Wars, and there's banners with Star Wars on it, and you think... <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, if you're, and if you're a fan of Star Wars, <laughs> you say, no, this isn't Star Wars. This is a weird new planet. Yeah, there is just a, a thing with Star Wars stickers put onto it. Um, yeah, I- in most cases it's stickers, and uh, sometimes it's just just what there was uh, was before yeah my my chair isn't a star wars chair when i put a star <laughs> wars sticker on it <laughs> hyperspace mountain isn't a star wars right visually it's still space mountain it's just yeah it's star wars but it's not not really yeah not at all it's um well we we i think it makes you feel like you're in a Star Wars movie, the same way my supermarket makes me feel <laughs> like I'm in a Star Wars movie. Not at all. <laughs> all right. My my supermarket workers are sometimes a bit robotic, so they got that going. Ah, so okay. <laughs> so it's worse than the supermarket. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let's at leave least it tonight. St- Star Tours. Um, um, Hyperspace Mountain, worse than a supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> Wor- a worse at Star least, Wars experience. At least the barcode scanners look like blasters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like it. And we have we have butter that is called Solo. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Our supermarket is literally butter. <laughs> and if you're in a big supermarket, the chance they have a toy section with Star Wars stuff in it. <laughs> It's quite significant, so they even got the same kind of teaming than uh-huh. than Hyperspace Mountain. When the movie came out, there's a big chance there's like promotional stand-ups and material and banners hanging in the store. <laughs> so then you're exactly <laughs> showing the teaming the outside of the Hyperspace Mountain building has. So yeah, the store is better. That's sad. That's really sad. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Fuck. Uh. <laughs> Getting an existential crisis because you yeah. you just figured something out. Yeah, the world makes sense now. <laughs> uh, uh, mine was uh, my goof was um, you have Lake Disney or the former Lake Buena Vista in Disney well, at the end of Disney Village, uh, um, and around it you have these all-American hotels which almost immediately tell you what the team is. You have Sequoia Lodge and it's wood. And th- okay, Sequoia Lodge is a bit too big for what the team is, but it's like they solved it with, there's a forest around it. And, and so you, you get what, what they are talking about and you have Newport Bay yeah, and you beavers. look at it and you, you <laughs> it's about beavers and you look at Newport Bay and you know it's about fish. Um, no, but, but you, you look at those two and you know, okay, I get it. This is, uh, you just get it. Then you look at Hotel New York and you're like, all right, <laughs> what part of America is this? Because it's a, it's quite a beautiful hotel. It's by a famous architect. It's by Michael Graves. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, a very nice example of postmodern postmodern design. But it's not New York, on the outside. I don't know what it is, but it's it's Michael Graves on the outside. It's not New York. It's definitely not New York. 
like he tries to create a sense of of um towers but yeah it doesn't work for me as a new york thing yeah for someone like me who doesn't really know a lot about well i i because of you i do now know things about postmodernism in a micro ways <laughs> but before all of that the hotel in new york just seemed like a hotel uh-huh yeah it yeah, yeah it uh, had it didn't have a very disney vibe to me even newport bay doesn't really have too much of a disney vibe but it it tries to put put you in like the the water fish sailing water fish world yeah uh-huh. what it puts you in water world exactly <laughs> yes uh that labor that yeah. layover is coming over soon probably <laughs> oh yes but i think that just uh, i think of that as a, as a typical hotel because a lot of hotels have a bit of a nautical look Mm. I think okay. it's, it's easy when, when a hotel is next to the sea, they uh, go for, oh, let's just put boats and ropes everywhere. <laughs> now you have teaming. <laughs> Not that <laughs> Newport Bay is just boats But you know what it's there. about. Yeah, I you know look what it's at about. It, 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 it exactly. might look uh, like like not the most special thing maybe to you if you're if you're used to a lot of nautical hotels, but it, it, it really shows you what it's about. And, and Hotel New York, it's, it's, I think visual, it's the opposite of literacy it's it's very michael graves that's that's true but it's not very new york yeah, indeed. and on the inside yeah you have apples on the carpet and whatever and Ooh, now i think new york. like I, I i get this kind of a sense of new york because i see what he does with the towers it doesn't really work for me as a as if you a gotta co- explain it it's not doesn't work but now with marvel it's like an added layer of confusion because okay marvel new york logical that a lot of things about marvel are in new york the um the avengers aesthetic is not at all postmodern and it's not at all michael grace and it's not at all your typical new york so it, it just is there are these layers of confusion about this Marvel layover. And maybe on the inside they will team it nice and they can I, the things they show look quite okay or quite nice even. But the outside doesn't make sense to me as a Marvel hotel at all. Like I think literally the only thing that's changing is those two red beams in the facade or four red Oh like yeah, such Marvel, it's red, so it must yeah, be Marvel. It, I really don't yeah. get it and it's it's either it, it Marvel or Superman, so <laughs> it's uh, uh, yeah. It, it makes it even worse in terms of this visual lit- visual literacy, and and I don't think the outside to me will ever like uh, when I see it. I get New York. I don't think it's a very good uh, translation of New York, but I I will never get that it's a Marvel hotel from the outside. You'll literally have to hang bangers in front of it uh, with comic strips on it. Bruce banners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I I don't think any Marvel fan will see the facade and think, ah, this is, this is where we should... Because they use the marvel layover but it's i don't think any guests that are just going to disneyland 
didn't check the hotels because they didn't want to pay so much they won't nobody of them will see the hotel and think whoa they got a marvel hotel over here yeah, they'll have to see the name first to to go check it out as a marvel fan i think um yeah so that's about it for visual literacy indeed and then we move on to commandment number six thou shalt not overload thou shalt turn on <laughs> sure so avoid overload create turn-ons basically indeed um uh let's take a short break here because i need to drink he needs a drink okay yes. all right we'll be back after the drink all right we return <laughs> no mart ogun solo now which is disappointing but well <laughs> i've got fanta i've got water in a coke glass yes that is the drink not the substance <laughs> a glass to <laughs> to do coke yes <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah exactly all right so um create turn-ons so basically what this is what this marty sklar means with this is um when imagineers are researching for a ride uh they can end up with like bookcases full of information uh uh like literally too much to like to fill books and books and books but that's too much to uh um having your ride that takes about eight minutes or 20 minutes or whatever um so all this information needs to help shape the project but it's the designer's job to be like an um, like an editor of this information like pick out certain parts he wants to include into the story and all all the other things are knowledge to them but not knowledge they want to convey to the guests and and it's um, they aim to create turn-ons that are intended to excite to excite people to give them just enough to make them crave for more basically so that's the uh, sixth commandment sixth commandment yes and my mouse car for overloads and turn-ons is big thunder mountain mm -hmm. for many people this would be a goof because but for me big thunder mountain does have a lot of turn-ons with, with that i mean well it has it straddles a very delicate line of just having enough to turn me on and wanting to know more about Big Thunder Mountain. Because you go to this big mountain, this big mining complex in a cart, and it shows mm -hmm. you things along the way that hint at things not being all right in this mine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, those little pointers are enough to make me want to dig deeper into the, the backstory and the lore of the attraction. And the backstory and the lore of Thunder Mesa as a whole because of it. Yeah, yeah. That's also why, like, you can literally see it on the internet in the in in the uh, yeah the first twenty years. Uh, people really try to find the story and and build their own stories on the internet. There's a lot of fan fiction about Thunder Mesa uh, on the internet, so it really works uh, for Frontierland. I think. I think the the redo or the 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 refurbishment of the Phantom Manor went a little bit overboard uh and created too much turn-ons because i think they're a little bit 
like they were very vague about the story which wanted people to to know more and, and even write more uh, themselves and and find little clues but now it's just almost very obvious what the story is and i think it's they just went a little bit overboard with Frontierland now. I think they, for me, it's still within the lines of, of not going overboard, but it's right up against it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, l just like um, Big Thunder is right up against not having enough turn-ons. Mm -hmm. But for me, for me, it's more, it's more yeah. than enough to to yeah, to yeah, get yeah. me hooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, where I think Phantom Manor could use like a few less and then we can add those turn-ons in the queue of uh, Big Thunder Mountain uh, would be perfect. Yeah, indeed. My uh, mouse car was uh, Star Tours, the Adventure Continue and particularly the Galaxy Edge scene. I think that was genius to put the Galaxy's, uh, Galaxy's Edge scene into the ride before Galaxy's Edge opened. Because I remember the first time we rode it and we got the Galaxy's Edge scene, we didn't know about the scene. Yeah. So it was like we were like uh, by accident in the park very, very, very soon after after they they uh, included it into uh, Star Wars because we didn't know. And we were so hyped about Galaxy's Edge after because it's literally, it's not this is Galaxy's Edge and this will be Star Wars, but it's just... Oh look, it's Batu, and you fly over, and you land, and you see some parts of, and you ah, you just. Ah, and see Tripio says, "Oh, I feel like the yeah. adventure is just about to begin and end." Ah, perfect. It's it's such a great turn on because ah, I wanted to to throw so much money at Disney at that moment to go to Galaxy's Edge. Ah, damn it! Yeah, oh, I'm jealous of that mouse car. That's a really good mouse car. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, so I think that that's like a genius way. I think we, like most of the day, we talked about Galaxy's Edge and what, what it was going to be, or at least for a few hours, because of this, like, it turned us on so much. It was, yes. uh, yeah, it was It also turned us on sexually. Yeah, oh. We are not yes. afraid to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, your goof. My goof is whatever the hell the Aladdin walkthrough thing is supposed to be. <clears throat> because at one side you have too much overload, but at the other side you also have no turn-ons. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to come with a little more than just <laughs> scenes of Aladdin behind sheets of plexiglass. Yeah, Please. The, the, the I saw the movie. I'm here oh, well, to be in it, to be immersed in it. I don't want to point at the Aladdin figure. I think the problem is the 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 main problem for me, or the only problem maybe for me is um, that's just a book review, just like Snow White is a book review, and just like mm, well, Pinocchio a little less than Snow White in my opinion, but also the Pinocchio um, is just here is the story you know and you see it again and that's that's basically it while peter pan is just all right everybody here we go and you fly over the, over to neverland and you experience neverland uh but you're you're not going over the exact story as as the movie did which which 
is, is a big turn on. Um, but here, yeah, it's also just. I think this this walkthrough would be much better if it told a different story or a different side of the story or or if it's not just a walkthrough outside. It's inside. the fact that it's just is it inside? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's open. Well, but it's, it's open. It's just a yeah. very bare hallway. Uh huh. I feel like I'm just walking through a shortcut. <laughs> A shortcut that isn't a short. It, it, no. Wait, it feels like this, this tiny hallway that's a shortcut to Main Street or something. Think, oh, yeah, let's cut through this. That's what it feels like to me. Like but just a hallway. It is that. Or Do you know that or not? What? So you have the, the covered pathways in Disneyland Paris that yeah. go all the way from... Uh, all the way from City Hall in Main Street all the way to Peter Pan and Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Damn it! <laughs> Caribbean. Caribbean. Um, uh, and this this part where the Aladdin walkthrough is was once part of this covered shortcut walkway connect. So it's uh, like a little uh, yeah, 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 piece cut mean. outside of the of the of the entire walkway. So yeah. it's literally a shortcut, a part of a shortcut that was just closed off and. Yeah, and, and on their website, they, they list this as an attraction, so... Yeah, it's a walkthrough, just it's like... It's a walkthrough, yeah, but it's... <laughs> put it next to the Nautilus, and it's... it's Yeah, it's a shortcut, exactly that. True, b- yeah, but... Put, put Dumbo next to Rise of the Resistance. They're in the same park. Yeah, sure, but I mean... They're yeah. the same type of ride. Put Dumbo next to Orbitron, and... Ah, Orbiton is superior. Yes, Orbiton is superior. <laughs> yeah, but the difference between Nautilus and Aladdin is way bigger. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Even if Aladdin just gave me a semblance of <laughs> of being in that world and not just showing me it, that would be better. But as you said, it's just I can watch the movie and it's better. Mm. It doesn't add anything. Yeah. Even yeah, like yeah. Snow White... And Pinocchio have the thing that you're riding through the attraction and it's with animatronics and... Yeah, okay, but... You yeah. have more of a semblance of ride. You see things you that are... Yeah, but that's the difference between a ride you wait uh, 40 minutes for and a ride you don't wait for. But but I, I, I get your point. I get your point. I get you. Um, my goof was um, something I'm very irritated by, not because they changed Yourself. it. <laughs> it's me. Yes, Aha. I'm very irritated by you. So. <laughs> no, it's it's it's. I'm not irritated by it because they changed it. Because I welcome change very much. But I'm irritated by the such low, uninspired quality. So, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, a new dimensions of chills. I was I was waiting for it. I knew <laughs> you were gonna put it in somewhere. I couldn't. I didn't know where to put it. I wanted to put it somewhere. But For me, so the 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 previous Star of Terror um, creates mystery, vagueness, awkwardness, which is also Twilight Zone. Because in terms of uh, using the property right uh, of the IP right, this new one doesn't at all because it isn't Twilight Zone Tower of Terror for me anymore. So just get rid of the name if you're doing this forever but 
right now they just tell you exactly what is going on oh it's this little girl and it's this and this and everything is happening because of this and enjoy and in the previous one it was like mystery and there is a, there is lightning striking but you still don't know why is this part of the hotel vanishing and why are these elevators going down and why am i going to the ter- the to the um, fourth dimension the fifth fourth in the quatrième dimension um so so you have all these these things that make you crave more information make you crave uh uh, getting to the bottom of this, why is this happening and how is this happening and getting you to look for details so you can understand the story. And now it's just, oh, it's that little girl that's uh, pasted into the movie on a, in a very bad way and very obvious way. Uh, and that's that's why. And nothing is left to the imagination. It's a very weird thing in narratives and storytelling where you have to watch out when you build up a mystery mm-hmm. that... Sometimes it's better to not show the yeti. Yeah, it's sometimes it's not. It's better never to show it. Mm-hmm. Not even for for a glance. There are instances where you can show it, but the more you build it up, the harder it will be to actually give the pay up, uh, the the payoff. Mm-hmm. Because in our head it will always be better. A good but example of of yeah. doing it well, which is the theme park, is just something totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's an anime called Attack on Titan, which had seasons upon seasons upon seasons building on one mystery, and they were able, because it's a good, a really good writer, to mm-hmm. pay off by revealing what a mystery is and mm-hmm. still having one season to go. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, when you hype it up that much, you can't... An explanation will give you nothing. But especially, it's just not in the vein of the twilight zone to tell a story like this so it doesn't even fit besides the point that it's in the it's done really bad it doesn't even fit with with their current team and just uh yeah it's just i i I step out of that attraction now and i don't want to know more about this if this was the first time i did the twilight zone tower of terror i i got a closed story which w- isn't very good and i would i don't think i would ever watch go watch the twilight zone which i yeah, did yeah. because of this ride in the, in the in the past and i don't think i would ever have done that for this plus it's it's very just horror like just very uh, halloween it's like a uh, it's it's like an okay halloween layover right now yeah it's weird I think they just misinterpret the Twilight Zone as being, but also a storytelling scary show. Yeah, it's it's also just bad storytelling. Yeah, I but I think this this was was done by people who don't. Understand. It was done by the Paris team. Yeah, they the team doesn't understand the core of the Twilight Zone and what the Twilight Zone is really about. But it's it's weird that they, well, they don't understand the series. It seems like it, but they don't understand their attraction they had yeah. which is makes it even weirder that yeah i don't know and 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 it really um doesn't give me the incentive to go to do anything whilst like a, a totally different uh uh example of uh, where an attraction creates 
have created for me a great turn on is Living with the Land and Pandora, the combination of those two. Since I came back from, from, from Walt Disney World, my house is filled with hundreds of plants and 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 it's it's getting out of hand with the I, I've I've annual passes on botanical gardens now. Which now I can also throw on the ground. <laughs> just <laughs> oh no, it's the botanical garden. Um, but but that like this this combination. It, I think for me it was really the combination of those two rides for a weird reason. It was the the very sciencey way and showing of of the plant life, and then the very fantastical way, and that really make yeah really put me in a place where I wanted to do something, wanted to know things, wanted to collect things. Uh, which a lot of Disney rides have done in the past for me. Uh, I watched Twilight Zone because of the attraction. I, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, lots of other, but but right now the Tower of Terror really, I don't know. I don't know if it works. Does it work for anybody? Maybe a, a scary little girl. I think I maybe think so. people enjoy it because that's so much horror and horror-like that they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Th this is the scary thing. Yeah. First commandment of the uh, refurb commandments. <laughs> know what, know the attraction, the refurb. Yeah. Know what makes it tick. Yeah, Paris doesn't, uh, doesn't have a good track record in that. Like, Phantom Manor is more beautiful now, but it's a little bit overload for me. It's, it's very heavy-handed in um, giving you the story. Yeah, yeah, and this one just destroyed the story. Then uh, Space Mountain is a whole other case. Do we have other refurb? Yeah, f uh, Pirates of the Caribbean added um, Caribbean added uh, Jack Sparrow. P whatever uh, doesn't really destroy anything. Doesn't really add anything. No. So that doesn't really matter. Do we have other overlays? Um, not really. No, I don't think so. So yeah, not a great track record. So I hope the uh, Avengers Campus, um, Rock and Roller, ACDC, Iron Man thingy will be. Yeah, I hope so. But um, it will be a I'm Rock and Roller sure. coaster with Iron Man, right? It will be ACDC. We I don't know. Have you ever read that, or is it just an assumption that we made? Which it's a very it logical assumption. It's 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 a very logical assumption that I yeah. The, the first time they said Iron Man, I thought okay, it's just like this, yeah, ACDC right or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know what other music you would do in a high speed roller coaster about Iron Man because you can't have like Marvel music won't really fit, I don't think. think. So no. Um or maybe it will, I don't know. Um I, I really still don't get the like what the ins like what the purposes of the ride or the the, the story will be because the yeah. ride vehicles look like Iron Man but I don't know. But it looks good the concept art looks quite good everything that's not a card looks good yeah yeah the cards look weird but we'll see where that goes yeah anyway all right the seventh commandment mm -hmm. thou shalt only tell 
One story. At a time. At a, at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this one is quite self-explanatory. Uh-huh. Don't don't try and tell multiple stories at the same time. Keep one storyline. Mm-hmm. Guide your guests through it. Don't force multiple upon them because they will miss out on mm-hmm. parts of boats and boats will seem incomplete to them. Just one story. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your mouse car? Uh, my mouse car is... We had the queue and now I'm going for the ride. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. I think this, this is a mouse car we can give to a lot of attractions in Disney. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Many of the e-ticket rides get Well, this. I have an e-ticket ride on my goofs, but mm, we'll, we'll get to that excited. later. Yeah. Uh, but it tells, it tells one story. There's a lot of smaller stories going on. Yeah, it's a vignette ride, basically. Um, they, all, they all tell the story of these pirates mm-hmm. raiding this fortress. Mm-hmm. And it it's really... A ride, yeah. Yeah, indeed, and it's it's very it's a very simple story. It doesn't doesn't overload you by giving you too much of anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's just pirates doing piratey stuff <laughs> and doing it in an entertaining way by way of the uh, vignettes and putting humor it into it because of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quite self-explanatory this one. Mine, I chose. Um just because it was interesting how it plays with the idea of one story at a time, because my uh, attraction I chose puts you in a lot of different environments, a lot of different ambiences, a lot of different teams, and still has one perfect, beautiful story connecting all the things. So my mask car goes to... Cinemagic. Ooh, Cinemagic. Yeah the former studios attraction movie because I, I like how 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 it's all these stories it's 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 basically every story and it's 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 but it connects them so beautifully just with one one person going through them just walking and 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 having the same problem everywhere like what the hell is going on and and yeah yeah isn't it also a very weird way that they use people's visual literacy of movies mm-hmm. because they they use this this shared psyche we have with the blockbuster movie and the big movie yeah, they don't yeah. have to explain to us what the thing is there because mm-hmm. most of your audience knows mm-hmm. that's, that's <laughs> yeah, a very a very weird very specific application of visual literacy just showing movie clips and they'll know what it is <laughs> people will know and most of them do yeah yeah because it's it really starts just like a like a cinema yeah movie collection of different uh, short uh, scenes um i thought i want to say something else i don't know um no, yeah, that was it. Uh, my goof, or your goof first. Go, my go. goof first, all right. My goof is Buzz Lightyear's laser blast. All right. Because the, sco- the story is inconsistent, because you get a lot of points, I don't get any points. <laughs> and it's, the world is not fair. That's, uh, okay. That's it. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, Great goof. Because it, it, 
it it ex- it tells one story, but it tells one story poorly. It, I I I mainly think it doesn't fit within. If you if you look a little bit bigger than the attraction itself, a land also tells one story. You have frontier land yes, and the story of the but frontier. You're getting you're getting ahead of myself. I have uh, okay. a goof about exactly that a okay. bit later on the line. But here there's a weird inconsistency in what is it trying to tell? Are we toys? Are we Sometimes we are, sometimes we yeah. are from Are we the like Space Rangers like the yeah. uh, the short lived Buzz Lightyear cartoon? Because it, it is that style, right? But yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is, but there's batteries also. And yeah, they and put it's Zerk toys, into yeah. a pack, uh, the, the, his packaging. And the green alien, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's with the, the claw. Yeah, but some parts with aren't toys and seem like that we really are space rangers. Yeah, and some things are then just, like, some parts are 3D toy-like figures others are 2d flat out like i don't know what those are are those toys are those just uh yeah i don't oh, also the queue the queue doesn't build up where you are it's just yeah it's it's all in the same the same design um vocabulary but it doesn't tell you what it is you see maps of planets but you don't know if those planets are inside buzz's world or are they toys or are they from andy andy is not mentioned no so they aren't toys but they are so it's it's confusing it's weird yeah so it's it's constantly switches between the two. Maybe they do a layover after the Pixar movie, after uh, the Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could make the new Buzz Lightyear. I think it's just called Lightyear the movie. Yeah. I think, I think that one you could fit in with. Uh, I don't really want it because I want the the, fr- the first part of Discovery Land to be what it was the the about the and and then in the back you can change to other things i think i think you have to group them together a bit um but i think the new movie could be fitting to this idea of that discovery land is this yeah set of different uh futures but right now it uh, it doesn't fit with itself and it doesn't fit in the big land mine goof for telling one story at a time is star tours the adventures continue Mm, okay yeah because one moment i am being attacked by darth vader and his troopers the 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 next moment i'm in a pot race probably also with a little bit little darth vader and it's just because they mix the scenes which is a very nice thing for the the repeatability of the rides, but they also mix like the uh, prequels, sequels, and the original trilogy with each other. Which is just it's basically like they like you you have um, you would have you would lay out all the storyboards of the nine movies and just scramble them and ta-da! This is the story. But it, uh, it you're jumping back and forth in time and 
you you're in a scene where a person is dead but then the next scene that person is alive again and is giving you a transmission so story wise it doesn't make any sense at all yeah yeah that's i also thought briefly of including that one but i thought i, I lost star tours i don't want to <laughs> yeah to i think it. most of us most of the fans i think don't care because it's a really good ride and it has a high repeatability and it's very immersive but the story itself doesn't make any sense and I I, I think if they would only uh, mix scenes from the same era of movies that the the story would fit um, yeah I think that would be uh from an immersive point of view, yeah, uh, indeed, be a little indeed. bit better. Um, All right. Next one. We are at commandment number eight. Thou shalt not contradict. <laughs> All right. Um, basically, the explanation of this is um, think of a modern city. Uh, or, or your local village, and where just every shop, every bar, every restaurant, every monument, every house is screaming individually for your attention. Uh, nothing fits with each other. Everything is just trying to convince you to come in instead of like building this atmosphere where everything is in dialogue with each other. Like on Main Street USA, every building seemingly speaking to each other it's every building is like friends it's not that city hall is screaming to you and the emporium is not they they live together in harmoniously yeah. um which is very beautiful this this it's the sense of of yeah the the contradictions that uh, yeah that not everything uh, need to needs to shout at you the whole time and and fits with each other every id or every building yeah or, indeed yeah. they all exist together not mm-hmm. apart all right all right i'm excited for yours yes my mouse car uh-huh. in a park built around discord and things that do not fit together but they put together because i don't know they felt like it or something uh-huh. god ma- god knows why they did it i want to give my mouse car to an attraction just for the sake, because I wanted to give a mouse car <laughs> to this attraction. Uh-huh. And the mouse car, for not contradicting the team of the park, goes to Armageddon. Because Explain. in a park where uh-huh. so many attractions, not all of them, try are not something in studio, like Tower fits with Hollywood team, but it's not, oh, why is there a hotel in the middle of a studio? Mm-hmm. This isn't something we film. This is real. Toy Story Playland. Why are we suddenly toy-sized in a Hollywood movie studio? Because mm-hmm. uh, the team of a Hollywood studio doesn't work for a theme park is the main reason. Exactly, but yeah. Uh-huh. Ratatouille, why are we in, in Paris? It's not like we're filming a Parisian set. We are actually mice. <laughs> but a few brave attractions from the dawn of time when the studios opened did use this and one of them used it very well. Well, no. No, 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 go on, go on. You give it, it the mouse score. You give it the mouse score. It doesn't... 
use it very well because it's a good but it, do- it doesn't contradict it, it doesn't contradict and it Kay. fits its theme and it is of course Armageddon mm. because how boring it might be Armageddon so still fits uh-huh. perfectly within the studio framework so so because of the way they film on a movie set you're like on a movie set uh yeah so that's why it fits yes. uh, that's why it doesn't contradict okay it doesn't contradict but okay. the thing so you can learn about attractions like this is uh-huh. putting someone in a movie set and telling this is a movie this is a movie yeah you're in a movie don't forget you're in a movie mm-hmm. i go to theme parks to be immersed in the world when someone is yelling cut action go you're in a movie action i'm a director in my ear uh-huh. it kind of breaks it all for me so it's fitting, uh-huh. but it's fitting in a concept that for me doesn't work. But I'm very confused that you don't think it contradicts. Because, okay, you, you're, you're being told by like a set manager of, or whatever he is that he's giving you a brief. And I think that's very fitting because we're all extras. Um, that we are going to go on set and they're going to film us and there's a big action scene. So that's all very nice. That's very... I don't know if they talk to extras on a set like that, but that mm. could be could be yeah. beautiful on a set. It would be yeah, a perfect, yeah. a perfect. But what set. I always wanted to know, but, I want to see but, the but, version but, 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 of Armageddon where there's a bunch of extras in the Russian space station. <laughs> Why did yeah, they cut that scene? That's not contradicting I to, see that to me. Scene. No, so, no, but I want to see that. Scene. <laughs> so you're where, getting the where am I? <laughs> you're getting the brief. All right, all very fitting for filming a movie. Then you go to the set. Uh huh. That's a set. A fully immersive room where everything is a set and there are no cameramen, no cameras, and no cutoff where the set ends. That's, that's a movie set. Uh huh. All right. Yes, it is. It's a <laughs> movie set they put a lot of attention into. Yeah. They, they miss an opportunity. I think to it's make very the weird that they put you. So so they they are filming a movie and then they put you in a in an immersive environment actually because it it really isn't a set and it doesn't look like a set because yeah, it no, looks like point. uh and then they 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 keep shouting in your ear that you're on a set it's very 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 weird to me because yeah, I yeah. think if you did another pre-show and another show building the show itself would perfectly fit in an an, an Armageddon like experience to me because i think with add another pre-show like another immersive pre-show um and and a fun queue i think that attraction could be fun but the way it was was uh was horrible because for me it also contradicts the team and it's it's just (laughs) so far my attempt to say something (laughs) positive about armageddon it was my goof I, and I had three exclamation points with it. So double, uh, we got a mouse car and a goof. And all a goof at once. for the same thing. So uh, yeah, my I mouse car, because uh, I knew you were gonna go with Armageddon. Yes, I knew. Because I, I knew a few of your uh, of your picks. I went with um, the rock and roller coaster, because for me that doesn't contradict. 
and I don't say does the, the studio team better, but they acknowledge you're in a studio. Like, w- w- it's very hard to get a coaster into a studio park yeah. because you would never in a million years build a, stu- uh, a coaster in a studio because that doesn't belong there uh, in a real studio. But because they say, oh, we, we were thinking of a new... Uh, musical experience it's not a concert but we want to do our musical experience like this and that's the way like they explain to you why it's there and i think like i I don't see any contradictions between the studio park and the rock and roller coaster i think it's very fitting um well the 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 concept not the (laughs) I hate the building, but uh, um, yeah. I, I I think ugliness is very consistent with the studio. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely not contradicting <laughs> between the different buildings. Well, it, it did because Armageddon is gone. Uh, uh, Rock and Roller Coaster is sort of gone now. Uh, the Blockbuster Cafe is mostly gone. Yeah, there isn't much studio in the studios anymore. Uh, it's it's completely gone. I think I I had an Instagram post the day um, the art of animation closed, and and I I recently like I, I I checked what I was posting in the past on Instagram, and I saw what I put there, and uh, my quote with the the closing of art of animation was I hope uh, Disneyland Paris doesn't lose sight of one thing, and it is all started with the studios, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think there will be any. I w- maybe just they should rebrand studios to Disneyland Two because <laughs> that's what it's becoming. It's just a Magic Kingdom Two without a castle. But I think keeping the front part um, uh, of the like the entrance of the park with the plaza and the the, the Studio One. And you turn around. Well, the now the entrances to the two where Cinemagic was and where uh, Mickey and the Magician is. You just turn that entrance around so it can go to the front plaza and have all the studio things over there. So you have uh, you c- you put Cinemagic back in, or you put a theater show in, and you can say it's a theater show. Welcome to Hollywood. Whatever, it's fitting. Um, and you have these two. St- uh, studio three and four, no, studio two and three, I think, um, all in this entrance plaza. So and 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 you uh, you do something with the shop that it's a little bit more Hollywood, a little bit more studio like, and then you build an experience in Studio One that transforms you from this Hollywood studio this classic hollywood studio into the movie world so you you use the space not to have lousy hamburgers and a mediocre shop but you use it to transition between the two and the park is all in world experiences you're in the world of frozen in the world of star wars in the world of marvel but you keep this front part as hollywood as classic hollywood uh and like beautiful transition in between i think it could work and you could still call it studios because yeah. Yeah. Or instead of just doing it there, you could also use these transitions between the transitions of the themed areas itself. 
But I think that those have to be a little bit more like fluid or slow. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I think in Studio One you could really use it to visually intense because I I really think you need it over there. Because right now you just it it's just you enter in sort of Hollywood, but then the studio, yeah, the studio is like a place where props are. And then you walk into the park and you really don't know what happened. You're yeah. still in Hollywood because you see the Hollywood Tower Hotel, but the Hollywood Tower Hotel doesn't look like architecture from Hollywood. It looked like a, like a building was being bombed uh, somewhere and uh, they didn't bother to keep it up. It looks like a hotel in London during uh, the London Blitz. <laughs> Literally, yeah. It looks like those pictures from from like uh, like uh from like yeah from like in lebanon there was a big explosion a few months ago it's literally just that like this sandy yeah, colored yeah. buildings it's it's um so and and now all these immersive experiences which i welcome but uh they really have to define what's studio and what's not because right now there is literally not one right studio anymore Exactly, yeah. Uh, so that... Uh, we still got my goof. All right. We already oh, yeah, know yeah, yours, yeah, yeah. but mine is revisiting one I already mentioned, but another aspect of it, and it is namely Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast. Because right. we're in an area called Discoveryland about uh-huh. visions of the future from different parts, different parts in, in time. But mainly, it's mainly steampunk yeah, from the, the yeah, Victorian and, and era. Star Wars, yeah, and Star Wars, like that little corner. But you're right in the middle of a steampunk Victorian era vision of the future, and there is your toy attraction. <laughs> it's weird. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it no. sticks out like a sore thumb. And I understand they won't change it because everything you could change it to that fits wouldn't. be probably be not as popular as Buzz. Mm-hmm. Because but I, I think <sighs> if you had a shooter dog right there that wasn't Buzz, maybe wasn't even an IP, wouldn't people just go on it for a shooter dog right Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I because when I look at that with Liger, I'm not... Yeah, maybe a lot of people. Yeah, okay. Th- on the outside, he just looks like the, like the bizarre we know. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't be hard to change into a, a, a shooter, a Victorian era shooter. No, yeah. Be hard. Just I think we came up with multiple ideas once in the span of only half an hour. <laughs> so I think for actual people who can do Imagineering, this will would be would be easy. Yeah, yeah. You is there an IP that would fit? I think, uh, uh, well, there is. I it's IP it, technically. Nothing that I can think of as Disney IP, but uh, like make the vehicles, um, the time machine from the time machine, uh-huh, and all the scenes yeah. you're shooting the Morlocks, like the mutants from the mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. and the plot is they saw a time machine and they. They went to these terrace, which, which I think is a book written by someone, Morlock Knight, in which they steal a time machine and go to these different 
po- parts of the the timeline and wreak havoc and you you they put you into a time machine and you can just make the right vehicle the time machine which is cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go to these different parts in time shooting morlocks it's yes. simple you can just do some <laughs> some historical things and put some some weird mutant guys doing weird things in it and you shoot them uh-huh yeah but that won't attract people i think it's not an ip that that people say ah mm. yes the time i think i don't know i think i have an id that's sort of an ip but but it would attract american fans so hard to our park just have a dream finder shooter where you have to mm-hmm. collect the dreams and yeah. just put it in there and i think Europe would probably be flooded with American yeah. fans, <laughs> especially Florida. Uh, yeah, fans I think. From Florida. Um, just not about the shooter, but just about the state of Discoveryland as as a whole. If Disney had not acquired Marvel, mm-hmm. we would have had a better and consist more consistent Discoveryland because. <laughs> I'm so Disney, confused. <laughs> Disney acquired Marvel at yeah. exactly the same time they were making the movie John Carter. Uh-huh. You probably don't remember the movie, maybe yeah, vaguely. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's based on a Victorian sci-fi novel. Mm-hmm. That movie didn't get the love it deserved from Disney because they wanted a franchise, a boy franchise as they were calling it back then mm-hmm. i was making air quotes you can <laughs> see this but i i, I certainly was <laughs> and uh john carton didn't get a lot of love from new producers and new ceos at that point in time uh-huh. so maybe if john carter had gotten that kind of love mm-hmm. we would have had where buzz now stands a john carter of mars Mm-hmm. Right, but there was another movie already that, uh, in my opinion, did a, did got a lot of love from Disney, but not from the fans. That would have inspired tons of attractions for Discoveryland, if you would, and tons of attractions for Tomorrowland at the same time, if you would, being the movie Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland, yeah. And what I think was genius about that movie is that it, that it was inspired by Tomorrowland but also by Discoveryland, and it could have, its, if it was successful, which it really wasn't, um, it could have ex- one movie that could have inspired both Tomorrowland and Discoveryland, two totally different teams. That it, Genius that, that the movie, like you have this yeah. Eiffel Tower crazy rocket scene, which I want that right. I want it now. I... I I would go on it millions of times, like going into, I don't know if your pre-show is like on top of the Eiffel Tower and around you is screen that's just Paris and you go into this same room they went in or something like it. And it could inspire a lot of Tomorrowland and Tomorrowland leads even more love than our Discoveryland. Yeah, uh, exactly. So that's a movie that did... I think Disney did get a lot. Of, uh, did give a lot of love. Yeah, but let's be honest, that movie has a lot of problems. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. Where people don't like it. 
True. It's uh, and and nobody really went watching, and those who were what who went watching were, yeah. Disney Park. It's fans. okay. Yeah. It was a bit preaching preachy to the choir. Well, pff, n- sure, but Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it's also. Yeah, but that had a, a bigger appeal. Yeah, but like because it was a better movie. Yeah. Well, it if, was if just Tomorrowland a was a better movie. Yeah. movie it would have reached a bigger audience and now yeah. just the Disney Park fans went to watch it. Yeah, and all the people we direct to the cinema with us. <laughs> exactly. Which We went with a... Quite a few. Yeah, we, we went with a very big group and we were uh, the only group and two extra people in the entire cinema and I think we went on opening evening uh, of that movie. Yeah, no, exactly. No, opening exactly. in Belgium is Wednesday... Uh, and we went on the first Friday night, so um, yeah, and there was nobody yeah, in nobody. the cinema. Um, all right. So anyway, now the penultimate uh, commandment. I forgot the word commandment. <laughs> Number nine: For every ounce of treatment, die shall provide a ton of treat. I was gonna use like measurements they used back in Bible times. But I uh, might have been a bit confusing for listeners <laughs> because even I didn't know those measurements. So, two breaths away, t- two fish yeah. and one breath away. For every breath, thy shalt give <laughs> a fish of treat. Anyway, what Marty is trying to say with this, when you're giving something, and this is mostly aimed at things that are trying to teach you something, try to explain something to you. When you give mm-hmm. a bunch of treatment and you. Uh, you uh, the link animatronics tells you something um, small world tries to teach you about the world mm-hmm. you need to give a treat something that isn't educational something something more mm-hmm. fun to go along with it as he so aptly puts it you need sugar to make the medicine go down yes and right. my mouse car goes to which was a bit harder to find there isn't a lot of, of purely uh, educational uh-huh. stuff in the Disneyland parks. Uh, but well, in R, in, in, in Paris. Yeah, in Paris. There's yeah, a yeah. lot more in the others, but ours Especially in doesn't really have that. Well, not in the in the most pure sense. direct, yeah. Yeah. But the one I picked, the mouse car, is one who isn't among us anymore. It, it's sadly passed on. <laughs> and it is uh, art of animation. Ah, which it teaches you about the, the the fundamental building blocks of Disney, uh-huh. what it's all about. It's right. It has some hiccups. There's some <laughs> like weird the, the yeah. trailer they show. Why? Which I, trailer? Oh, oh the there's always another trailer. Ah, it's a Disney trailer. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I watched it on uh, uh, a filming on YouTube. They were showing live action Beauty and the Beast trailer. Yeah. And it was they they showed live action Beauty and the Beast. Lo- yeah, it's also animation, actually, yeah, sort of. There's a lot of animation uh, in it, but yeah, sure, uh, but it's they showed Beauty and the Beast disconnected from the so for so long after the movie. When I'm when <laughs> when I'm looking at the trailer of a movie I saw in the cinemas a few months prior, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pay attention. Um, yeah. But I think if they reworked that that concept that id if they brought it to to uh, i i it closed in 2018 
something like I don't that, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they brought it to 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 that era, to to 2017 standards, I think it it's still a very very nice concept showing people indeed, indeed. how to design, but or to animate, but with this humor and fun. Exactly, and thing. that's yeah. why uh, there's a ton of treatment. They show you a lot about mm-hmm. animation and how it's done, but the treat is the interplay between the 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 live person, the mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. doing the explaining and their interplay with Mushu on the screen. Yeah. That's to me what what sells that. If it's just the explanation about animation, it's interesting, but it's not something special. Yeah, yeah. But the fact there's an actual person doing the explanation and they are interacting with an animated character, an animated character we know on the screen, uh, pushes the experience to the level it was on. So it has a treatment, and for all the treatment, that's a ton of treat. Mm-hmm. And I think they, like, okay, they, they got like a constant flow of Pixar films coming out. It can't be too hard to when Disney is designing their or when Pixar is designing their new movie to like slip one animator away or or maybe after that movie is done and just let him like redo that show with one figure of of the latest movie yeah. and do that like every yeah. five years or something. Uh, sure, uh, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of stories that uh, Pixar animators do a lot of animating with the models from Pixar in their free time just to mm. exercise. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. would be it would be perfect. Yeah. So Pixar don't don't pay him. They're already <laughs> doing it. So <laughs> it's win-win. It's and they can do it from else. home apparently. Yeah. The 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 the, the, the pandemic showed us so the they don't even have to go eyes. to Paris. Um I don't know why you would have to go to Paris to design something but whatever. Um okay, my mouseker goes to it's a small world post show named the world chorus which was a walkthrough uh and the it's a small world post show uh it's also defunct uh it closed on august 16 2010 to make place for the princess pavilion that now stands next to uh the it's a small world building uh which we have both never been into kind of want to do it one day but it's also very long. I just want to see what's inside. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be weird. So. It's gonna be two yeah, dudes on a picture yeah. with a princess. So, uh, yeah. I think they see a lot of weirder stuff than two dudes going <laughs> on a picture. So, uh, there are a lot of people who just do that. So, it's really not a problem. Uh, but it's uh, my main problem is the weight. It's all. I I don't really because I think it's like with a sort of ticketing system or, or like fast pass or, or reservation or something but it's also Absolutely the imagine. wait is all also posted outside and it's always very long if it would be short i would have been outside uh, inside already but so in that place where now is the princess pavilion where you go can go uh, take a picture with uh, whatever princess is there um was a um like corporate sponsors exhibition uh, it was a sponsored uh, walkthrough by Franz Telecom, uh, which is like a technology phone company. Um, and and I really so you you have this uh, like 
corporate message, like buy our product, uh, which is the uh, which is a treat. And then the treatment is the the little building was. I think it's the other way around. The uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, yeah. buy our stuff. Oh, wow. We <laughs> wanted sponsoring. It's what I always wanted. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Other way around. But like what you had was uh, this this post show. So you you stepped out of the boat uh, of your, uh, it's a smaller boat. And then you had to get into this little building, which was a sort of extension of the ride as a post show. Um and uh, the little building housed uh, this minute miniature recreations of of these uh, big famous landmarks, just as the 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 ride itself does, and uh, in in the same Mary Blair style. So just a beautiful extension of the of the attraction, and uh, in between these uh, miniatures, there was a path meandering that led you to the outside of the of the attraction and a lot of these scale models or some of these scale models had little windows you could uh, peek through and inside was like a little room with a digital pepper ghost so you saw a little animated mary blair like figure walking around in the room and it was showcasing the possibilities of communicating through technology. So you have all these models, you have the, the Eiffel Tower uh, and, 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 and the yeah, all these famous landmarks. Um, and then inside in little rooms, you see like a, a digital pepper ghost. And one of them, I have a few examples written down, is a Russian girl receiving a call from an Italian gondolier. Gondolier, I don't know how you pronounce it. Gondolier. Gondolier. Uh, an Asian boy sending an email right before he falls asleep. And, a, um, and, a, and his friend uh, on the other side of the world... Uh, receiving it when he wakes up. You have an Egyptian boy sending a sheet music through fax. Uh, facts, facts, whatever. Uh, facts. facts. That's a fact, yeah. Uh, haha. Uh, a Dutch girl uh, receiving tickets to a concert to go to the Eiffel Tower through the internet. So it was showcasing all these things. There was also somebody, uh, like one of the figures, was receiving a notification on her wristwatch, which... Very futuristic for 1992. Um, so yeah, like just showcasing. It was just a company showcasing. Uh, yeah, the, like oh, you can communicate and you can you can have friends and you can have conversations across the across the world, across the globe. Uh, but it was all in this same Mary Blair. It's a small world style and very fun, beautiful way. So I so I yeah really loved it. Um, yeah, that's and, a good cool mascot. Yeah, and like the the message of the of the show was like, uh, because of technology, it, it it is really a small world after all. So it 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 really yeah. tells the story of small world in an, in a different way, or 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 it it explains it or showcases it, which uh, yeah, really like it. All right. All right. Then my goof is within the same park as my mouse car. Namely, it's the Studio Tram Tour. And there are All two right. big treats in this ride. Namely, the um, the truck scene and the dragon scene. Mm -hmm. In between those, the only thing keeping me busy is the smoldering sexy gaze of Jeremy <laughs> Irons. Even that, sometimes there's a French person in between him. I don't <laughs> care. Give me more Jeremy. 
But even Jeremy is not enough to keep me no. entertained because there is absolutely nothing to see in between. So you those. you have them explaining, and in the meanwhile, they show you nothingness, dilapidated nothingness. Yeah, set pieces with mold on it, basically. Indeed. And it's yeah. it, those aren't even all film set pieces. Some are just old animatronics from the parks, which is also weird, weird. for a yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, they give you tons and tons of treatment in between the treats. But the treats aren't enough to, to support all the boring stuff. No. Yeah, and now, now we will have cars in between. Yeah, we'll see what that's all about. Probably no animatronics, but just static mounts. mounts yeah. And they will still talk, probably, because it would be weird to see... Because it's like an immersive experience, and to see just Lightning McQueen with a with a dead gaze in his eyes talking yeah. to you. Um, my my goof apparently, and I didn't know, is Armageddon, <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So I picked it because uh, the the pre-show is. Uh, oh yeah, I got that pre-show. Yeah, <laughs> you fall asleep. Uh, we we talked about it in uh, two episodes ago. So yeah, we had to entertain ourselves during that pre-show. Mm. They asked the nationality, and we <laughs> would always yeah. be a bit too excited when our country was called. But oh. yeah, <laughs> but it's just all just explaining, explaining, explaining. Oh God, yeah. They sort of try to make jokes but the jokes don't work oh, and it's, it's almost like it's fucking three hours long the pre-show yeah I, I think I watched one time on my phone Armageddon five times and then the pre-show yeah. was over yeah, yeah no um yeah so really for me it's a really great example of of, of this commandment where it's just you you get nothing and you just have to endure it endure because they 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 show you stuff about movies, but it's so boring, long, and without any 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 little presence on the way. Yeah, yeah. It would be so much better if if they they had some more room in the show building and they could show you a lot of that information by walking through sets and props mm -hmm. from our. Yeah, it yeah, wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah. It wouldn't save his attraction by no means. Well. The show it itself is quite okay, so if you would fix the pre-show, we just maybe yeah, like more of a museum. But it wouldn't be it I wouldn't be a, a big smash hit. No, I no, don't. no, no, no. You're gonna but we would go on it more than once yeah, every indeed. three years. <laughs> yeah, like Probably. um, what's the actor's name? Like the big, the, the big bald guy that does the explanation. If you just rebuild some sets. And just mm -hmm. pepper ghost him on these sets, so yeah. you actually yeah. see the sets, and he's walking through those along with you, showing you things that would be like infinitely better. <laughs> it's not hard to get better, but yeah, to do it better. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of bashing on Armageddon today, but yeah, it it, it goes I try to give something pos <laughs> uh, positive, but alas. But it, it goes against so many rules. It's yeah, it's almost yeah, amazing they they build it, and that a certain T Baxter was involved. Um, Ooh, <laughs> little <laughs> little shivering. All right, uh, commandment ten. 
Commandment 10. Thou shalt maintain. Yeah. Uh, I think podcast-wise, the less interesting to talk about. Yeah, indeed. Uh, for, a, for a theme park, one of the most important, important ones. ones uh, yeah. But not as sexy. It's not no. very hard for me to come up with something. Uh-huh. It's not something I think about. It's it's something yeah. you shouldn't be thinking about. If you're thinking about it, something's probably going wrong. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are your... Uh, uh, my mouse card is a very simple one, and it is my inability to come up with goofs without scouring the internet. And as mm-hmm. you pointed out to me, there's a lot of things to see, but apparently I don't see the I crummy, non-maintained stuff. Yeah, let uh, we should also point out that Neil's um, affinity for Disney parks came later in life. Yes. Uh, as in uh, little less than 10, y- no, wait. Not 10 years, like... Seven, uh, eight years ago, something like that. Sort of, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so he missed a lot of the early years of Disneyland because my goof is... Disneyland pra- Paris prior to the 20th anniversary anniversary, um, and a little bit after as well. Well, a big chunk after, but but mainly uh, before the 20th anniversary, b- because the park was in a dire state of upkeep at that moment. Um, um, things like the the crush coaster literally has two animatronics in the queue, two little birds. There are a lot of pictures where they just fall apart, where where a part of the bird is just next to it, which is not okay. And they were like that for a long time. Um, the the Captain Hook ship in Adventureland looked so bad that it just looked like a Pirates of the Caribbean pirate ship, which just like like dilapidated a bit and and uh, like it, it was in such a bad state. Um, and a lot of attractions didn't have proper maintenance for, for a big chunk of those 20 years because of the financial uh, yeah, the crisis that Disneyland Paris was having. Uh, but they, they really switched around, um, around the time, a little bit before and, and definitely after um, Disneyland was bought by the Walt Disney Company. It was already before, but now it's really, and especially during COVID, it looks like they are really going for it. They they like they're really going into details of upkeep. Uh, they're changing out uh, things that that uh, in little shops details that that they that you wouldn't even have dreamt of. They they would have kept up uh, ten years ago. Um, so my masker goes to Disneyland Paris today. And especially during COVID, because the things they release they are doing uh, seem very hopeful, seem very nice, uh, and and our our day and night difference between ten, fifteen years ago. Indeed, it is. And then my goof. So as I said, I had to go scour the internet for stories before the happy, happy sunshine times that I experienced in the park. I hope it's again the guy. Tripping on LSD in the water. I just exactly, it's him. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, it isn't. But I did ah. find that story because of that. <laughs> but uh, in the same wiki article about Disneyland incidents, which I highly oh, recommend searching, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the goof is uh, are the Big Thunder Mountain incidents because two things happened in Big Thunder Mountain that should not have happened. <laughs> yeah. One of them was a rock, a big I don't know, uh, fiberglass, I think it was. Yeah, big set, fiberglass set piece, rock yeah. dropping on top of a passing cart. Mm-hmm. Hitting somebody. Yeah, indeed. As you said, those rocks used to move. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when you build <laughs> rock work that moves, that's something you check regularly. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. It seems like a no-brainer when someone's going through the attraction. Let's check the fiberglass for cracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I would check for it, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> and uh-huh. the second one, there was an inst- uh, an instance where, for some reason, the cart was moving a bit slower than intended, mm-hmm. and the cart just derailed itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's upkeep or something else, or I literally have no clue. But I don't know. But do you remember what year that one was? Because uh, no, no I, I'll go to the Google machine where I'll do my uh, explanation. Because I d- um, don't think I remember it happening myself, like out of the. Yeah, no, but a roller coaster that derails <laughs> is not something good. that should happen. At 2011. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I was already more than deep into Disneyland uh, for yeah. for quite a bit of time then. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Two, two cars derailed because one of them passed over a flat section of tracks mm-hmm. too slow for some reason. And uh, two guests sustained minor injuries. And the ride was closed uh, s- uh, for a while after that for uh, inspections. Mm. Oh, it, this made me think about about uh, a story about upkeep. Um, well, or, or just the the carelessness or n- not to fix things. Um, uh, oh, when was it? Uh, I was about seven years. It doesn't have to do with the story, but I was seven years old. So we went to Disneyland, and then two days after, so the first part didn't matter. But uh, two days after. Uh, the Mark Twain sank. Um, the boat, the yeah. the one of the Not boats in Frontierland, <laughs> also probably. Mark Twain sank and uh, never returned to the Disneyland park, and they left it rotting backstage for um, so a bit, a bit, a, uh, yeah, more than fifteen years or something. At least ten, but it's more than ten. So letting one of your boats rot backstage is yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and and uh, they probably really didn't have money uh, to fix it, as the boat isn't really needed because they have one, another one. Um, but but that shows like how how the the past has been for for Disney Paris. But right now it looks really really good, really promising. Yeah, better times. Also, the rides are getting like major refurbishments, not uh, some paint. But with that, we went through all ten of Marty Sklar's commandments for team design. Yes. We haven't 
uh, yet has a recommendation of the week, but I think we both can recommend one thing, and that is uh, the book. The book. Uh huh. Indeed. What's That's the title uh, of his book exactly? Because I only have the, the digital uh, file, and you just called it Marty's Klar. So. <laughs> Wait, it is called Gonna. Because I think there is a subtitle uh, that I don't know. It is. Uh, uh, one little oh yeah so wait i'm gonna check so i can oh yeah so it's this one little spark mickey's ten commandments and the road to imagineering by marty sklar the cover is like a, a black cover with blue and 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 yellow letters uh definitely recommendation uh it's it's more than so you have the ten commandments and you have the you have his examples which are <laughs> little it, well, uh, better put together than ours. Uh, slightly. <laughs> and uh, and then some more stories. So it's, it's it's much more than a Ten Commandments. But it's definitely uh, nice to read. And, and, and yeah, if you're Very into Imagineering sure. or want to be an Imagineer, I really can recommend yeah. this. If Marty Sklar says these are the 10 most important points in team design, then those are the 10 most important <laughs> points in team design. I don't think anybody will... Um, say otherwise no. not even any, any of the other imagineers no because there, there are a few instances where he gives a goof to something and there is a then like martis clark talk to the person and they give a quote themselves so one of yeah. the goofs was uh, f uh for the entire park of animal kingdom uh with the flow of uh, people that the that the pathways were too much of a conceptual idea of adventure um where you couldn't see where the path uh, was leading and 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 you couldn't see the weenie behind it because they wanted to feel adventurous the sloping paths and people just clogged up all the pathways and 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 you have this little quote about uh from uh Joe Rody that talks about it and how they had to widen the paths and and put them a, uh, make them a little bit more straight so people could see the the faraway weenies uh so yeah it's it's uh it's really fun to also get their inside of the of the imagineers themselves. So yeah, that's, uh, that's 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 uh, episode seven, I think. Seven. Oh, time goes fast. We recorded nine, but this is the seventh one <laughs> <laughs> online. Yeah. <laughs> Better that those never see the light of day. No. Uh, next one, I don't. Know. No idea. We can do. We'll see. 20s Main Street, or we'll see. We, we make no promises. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us uh, with any uh, recommendations, any for books, maybe uh, I, I, if anybody has a recommendation for a good Imagineering book that is that that you think it's it's not the obvious one, or maybe if it's the obvious Even one, it's also welcome. But if you think, and, and maybe it doesn't have to be, it really doesn't have to be from Disney. It can be from uh, maybe an architect who has the same ideas or, or about themed space or a, or a game maker uh, who has these ideas about uh, themed spaces. Uh, always welcome to reach out if you have any comments on the episode or what we say or want to just curse at us. Also welcome. Uh, Indeed. We have an email address. 
a die e-mailadres is <laughs> thesequoiacast at gmail.com. That is thesequoiacast with the D in front. And it is now showing on your podcasting app. You All can right. also reach us on Twitter. That is via DMs or just tweeting and tagging us. And uh-huh. our handle is at gang sequoia. Or, or just look for the, the sequoia gang. Yeah, the yeah. sequoia <laughs> gang. And look for the picture of a beaver. That is us. Uh-huh. For now, so maybe if you listen in 10 years and we maybe we, we have picture. more than five listeners by then, maybe Ooh. it's uh, can be another picture. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in anything like concept art from Disneyland Paris, uh, we have daily posts uh, with artwork or just everything that 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 we think is uh, interesting to post uh, from Disneyland Paris or or things that are related to it or to theme design uh, so if you're interested in that you can follow us there uh, and reach out there and that's Indeed. Uh, basically it you can also yeah. reach us on uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud we read yeah, our SoundCloud messages. messages Indeed. and if you have a, a mouse car or a goof for one of these topics oh, yourself yes, please, do. please yeah, just tweet them out and just tag us in it and, and or yeah. DM at us and maybe we'll read them in a future episode or letters just letters faxes pigeons yeah. <laughs> messengers physical messengers that bring the message all good oh, yeah, if yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. to find us Belgium Which? just Belgium. just write that two dipshits Lars and Belgium. Neil Belgium yeah. it'll arrive <laughs> but alright <laughs> that was our episode for today my name was Neil I was Lars. Yes, you were. Good evening. Bye.